remember, with great power comes great responsibility. I'll be back. Get away from her, you bitch! We all go a little mad sometimes. Welcome back. This is Sequel Harder, the podcast where we analyze good movies in their awful sequels. My name's Dave, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Eric. Hey, how's it going? This week we are talking about Spider-Man. The Spider-Man. Sam Raimi. And this is I think this was I think I read that this was at the time and maybe still is the first movie franchise I'll be directed by the same person not not movie superhero movie franchise superhero movie franchise yeah. uh, let me think uh, yeah because it's uh, the first three X-Men were, yeah. well the first two were done by Brian Singer well that was the Brett, thing Brett Ratner to the third yeah at the point at this point right Singer had done two and Ratner had done one or was about to do one but then Singer came back later for one of the like Days of Future Past or something. Yeah, so but he actually still, ended yeah. up doing three, but not. Oh well, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. Right. but not all of them. I mean, not all of them. Yeah. And so. then, but then you also got to consider now. There's been a bunch of other Spider-Man movies. A whole other right. Like, so, two, yeah, two so. more reboots. <laughs> yeah, and there, there's been how many reboots of uh, Fantastic Four? Like they're oh. going up on their on their well, third probably now. Well, no, because the first two movies were sequels. And yeah. then they did a reboot, and then uh, I guess they'll keep rebooting them. I'm sure they'll reboot it again to, the put, to put it in into the Marvel universe. Now, is that is Fantastic Four? Twentieth uh, Fox, Fox as so, well. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So then they will so, be Marvel. Okay. So yeah, it comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what what is your history with Spider Man? Uh, Spider Man was one of the like the, in itself. Spider Man was one of the only Marvel comics I read as a kid. Like I was largely DC. Like like my knowledge on Superman and Batman is just immense. But then the, I would read Spider Man. So, but it was only probably for a brief period in like the early '90s, uh, early to mid '90s when I read it. But I, I have kind of kept up and, and followed it. And there was the, there was a that uh, cartoon series in the early '90s that was actually pretty good. It was actually pretty faithful to like the comic line. Mm-hmm. So that I, I watched that and. Uh, as for these movies, the first one I saw in theaters, um, and then I, can't, I, I honestly cannot remember where I, or how I saw the second one. I know I've seen it. Um, I remember everything about it. I, I'm willing to bet I saw it in theaters. But then the third one is a really interesting story, which is uh, me and a friend went to go see it, and it was a terrible experience for me but just because, A, it's a terrible movie. But then, B, there was this guy sitting next to me, and he – how do I put this? He was either on the autism spectrum or he was a little bit like delayed or developmentally delayed, we'll say. And he was probably in his like 20s or, or early 30s. And he kept talking to me the entire movie. Oh, no. And, and just kept telling me how excited he was to see this movie and that like talking through the movie about how great it is. Oh, boy. And like, and, like nudging me and elbowing me and like talking about the scenes. <laughs> And I was being so polite. I was just trying to be like, oh, yeah, it's great. Okay, great, great, great. Then the worst part about it was probably the last 20 minutes of the movie, I could tell he had to pee and he was holding it in. Oh, no. 
because he kept fidgeting and he was just straining and like oh, 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 and like and I and in my head I was like just go for the love of God just go please <laughs> like you're, this is my, and he was waiting for the movie to end and then when it finally did and this is one of those movies that's got like kind of like a bunch of dra- long drawn out ending right and when it finally did he just bolted out of his seat <laughs> and I yeah it was just it was a terrible experience watching that movie oh no yeah so I. I, I, I'm sure I saw the first two in theaters because I, I, they were huge and, and uh, you know, I, there, there were – so we were talking about when we did Batman, you said that uh, there was a line that like when Superman came out, it was the movie that made oh, you yeah. believe a guy could fly and then Correct, Bat- yeah, yeah. the, the – Keaton Batman was like, okay, this makes Batman seem like a real thing. Yep. This this did that for Spider-Man, right? Yeah, yeah well, I agree. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean we had the cartoons before that. Um, did you ever watch The Electric Company growing up? Uh, I've seen some of it. I didn't watch a whole lot of it. Okay. So there was, they had a Spider-Man bit on there. I don't know if oh, you ever really? saw that. Yeah. It was it, – once in a while, they would do a little Spider-Man sketch and it was so funny because it was – so that you, you would see it as – like a three or four panel comic. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember if you saw all the panels at the same time or if they just kind of came up one at a time. But then within the panel, it was a live action, like a guy in a Spider-Man outfit and a, somebody he was fighting or whatever. And he would throw this big old rope web on him and, and you know, <laughs> and then you would learn something at the end or whatever. And it was so terribly cheesy. Well, what would you learn from it? I don't remember. I just remember seeing this really odd mix of like comic strip and live action. And they weren't quite live action. I don't remember if they would like act very much or if they would just be standing there in a freeze frame or what, but yeah, it was so weird. Um, so that that was like my early history, and then there was that early Spider-Man cartoon with the theme song that we all know, right? Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man, um, Spider-Man, exactly. Which of course gets referenced in these movies. Oh, um, I know. They, they they do a lot of references to like some of the old stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I stayed away from the third movie because I heard how bad it was, and then I finally saw it on video some years later, and it was terrible. <laughs> um, also, just a little bit of a thing. I, there's a blog that I've been reading for a long time now called The Comics Curmudgeon, where okay. this this guy, Josh, goes through the newspaper comics and, you know, he kind of just takes them apart and blasts them because they're all terrible pretty much. And he's been following, you know, all of these comics for probably a decade now. Okay. And one of them that he, that he gets into every so often is Spider-Man. And that is – Amazingly bad. I don't know if you ever sneak a peek oh, yeah. at the newspaper yeah, uh, one. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, and that's that's the thing is whether whether the newspaper Spider Man or even like there is a period probably in the seventies and even into the eighties where Spider Man they just and they did the same thing too with Superman where they just had these like ridiculous storylines and they're just like they're convoluted they make no sense they're like they're like cart they're they're super cartoonish yeah. and like an amateur. Yeah, but the thing and and the, and the newspaper one it it does draw from the comics for characters and stuff like that. Not probably not so much plot lines, but um but it's so funny how much of a lazy whiny nincompoop Peter Parker is in the newspaper. Like he <laughs> yeah, never yeah. does it. And even when he's being Spider-Man and being a superhero, he never actually wins. It's like he always wins by default or by accident <laughs> or somebody yeah. else saves him or it's just ridiculous how useless Spider-Man is in the newspaper. <laughs> 
It's so yeah. funny. There's, uh, there's a lot of great uh, Spider-Man memes on the internet. Yes, quite a few from these like, movies. Hit, yeah, hit, yeah. Well, that, that oh, and oh, right. all the cartoon ones, and like the him cartoons. sitting behind the desk and like, have and you seen that one? The sitting behind the desk and then the two of them pointing to each other. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's what I mean. It's like just just like a lot of the uh, like the comics from that era. Like they're just these weird stories of it's almost sort of what if, and it, you felt like at the end of each ep- like end of each episode of comic, you were like, did this even like happen, or was this just like, and then they just ignore <laughs> it for the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So Spider Man came out in two thousand two, directed by Sam Raimi, of course, and he was of course his big break was Evil Dead. One and two. Um, he did a simple plan, which I didn't realize. Yeah, that was yeah, pretty what, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I didn't know what he had done after. Yeah, and yeah. He, he also did the uh, the Quick and the Dead, which I knew. Oh, okay. Which was, have you seen that? No, I haven't. It's pretty good. You know, it's this western with like Russell Crowe and Sharon Stone and uh, who's the kid? Oh, I know, I know what you're talking about, yeah. but I have not seen it. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's got like four or five big name people in it, and it's. It's pretty cheesy, but it's a fun movie. It's pretty fun. I, I remember when they selected him to do Spider-Man and I was sort of like, the Evil Dead guy? Like, right. that's no sense. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing. What do you what do you think about Evil Dead? Uh, I, I appreciate it for what it is. I mean, especially the first one just for, I mean, having made horrible, low-budget short films. <laughs> yeah. You, you sort of, you're sort of like, okay, well, this he completed it. And people saw it, and it's more people that'll ever see anything I've ever made. So, right. like, congrats to him. So it's 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 just sort of funny to put on and laugh. But then the second one's just sort of a reboot of the first one. Yeah. So, but it's like it's like a like a weird soft reboot because it does change the story a little bit, and I don't know. It's just the, the whole franchise is interesting, and then and then the third one's actually a legit movie. Right. So who knows? I mean, it's I I I like them. Yeah. yeah, they're okay. Uh, and I love Bruce Campbell, of course. Yeah. But Who the, pops up all throughout. Uh, oh, he, Bruce, Cam- Bruce Campbell is uh, Sam Raimi's uh, Johnny Depp to yeah. uh, well, yeah, Tim Burton, like, like we've talked about a million right. times. Yeah. They went to college together. They, they made all these movies together. Um, but uh, the jokes and the humor in Evil Dead were always a bit off to me. Like they didn't quite land. They're, yeah, you know? they're very the slapstick. Slapsticky. Yeah. And it's like, am I supposed to be scared or am I supposed to be laughing? And I'm not quite either – so uh, there was a couple of good lines, you know, like you remember him just saying, give me some sugar, baby. Or yeah. uh, this is my boomstick. My you know, boomstick. He got, yeah, some, yeah. he got some great lines. But but I was never a huge fan of the Evil Dead series. Uh, except the TV series that came out was actually pretty good. Oh, uh, you know, I heard about it, but I haven't actually checked it out. Uh, people yeah. really liked it. I think they just mm-hmm. canceled it recently, didn't they? They did. I think they got two seasons out of it. And I think I watched the first season. I don't think I watched the second season. And I, I was pleasantly surprised. It was hmm. it was similar humor, but toned down to be a bit, you know, just mature. I'll probably check it out now that it's canceled. I, I like to wait till things are at least like five seasons in or canceled before I start yeah. them so I can just binge them all right. at once. right. Right. So this one had a budget of $139 million, which uh, is probably more than any other first movie in a series that we've done. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think because they knew Spider-Man is just such a huge right. character that yeah. th- there would be a massive draw no matter what. Yeah. And they're like they've been working on – it had been in like pre-production hell and, and stuff for for decades. You know? That – it's Sony, Sony who did it. Because Sony has the rights from Marvel, they 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 had so much money in the early two thousands. Oh yeah, like insane money. I I, I am not surprised at that budget. 
Right. And it was well spent. So what do you think the gross was? A big. I remember I remember it being talked about as like breaking records and stuff like that. I, mm-hmm. I if I had to guess probably about 600 between 6 650 million. Uh 400 for okay. the US and 820 for the world. Oh uh, okay. Yeah. Then maybe I was thinking more closer to the world, but yeah, right. I knew that it was like it like damn near tripled what it what it cost to make so <laughs> yeah yeah it did have all sorts of records for gross and like single day gross and opening weekend and all yeah. that kind of stuff which were then broken by the second movie uh some of them <laughs> uh so imdb says the stuff that we already know when bitten by a genetically modified spider a nerdy shy and awkward high school student gains spider-like abilities that he eventually must use to fight evil as a superhero after tragedy befalls his family so, right. So Peter Parker is played by Tobey Maguire. And I mean, we all know what Peter Parker is. He's, he's a nerd. Yep. Uh, he's totally in love with Mary Jane. Who am I? You sure you want to know? The story of my life is not for the faint of heart. If somebody said it was a happy little tale, if somebody told you I was just your average ordinary guy, not a care in the world, somebody lied. But let me assure you, This, like any story worth telling, is all about a girl. That girl. The girl next door. Mary Jane Watson. The woman I've loved since before I even liked girls. Um, Nobody likes him. uh, He lives with his his aunt and uncle because his parents are dead in some mysterious way. Um, And at least his uncle's alive for now. Uh, Oh, poor old Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben. Yeah. We've got uh, oh shit! So we were talking about Tobey Maguire before we started. He was kind of a weird choice to play Parker, I guess. He was. Yeah. I mean, he's a very much a he. He does the nerd aspect well, you know, and the, that, and the awkward kinda, aspect well. That was kind of my problem is that I I've always seen the the character of Peter Parker is not so much well he's he's definitely like very book smart and he's like a genius. Uh, he's probably one of the top fifteen smartest people in Marvel, like of the characters. But at the same time, I've seen it. I always saw him more not so much like picked on nerd as much as just like a very plain, like overlooked person. Mm. That's how I always kind of saw the character okay. more more so than like this like fumbling nerd that, that like was like picked on and. Okay, so that's the thing. I didn't really read the comics, so I didn't have a preconceived notion of what Parker. I mean, there, like. there. I guess you could say. I mean, it, I, the way he just he, the the whole sad sack thing that he kind of mopes around on the screen. Yeah. Like, it, it just didn't sell it to me. Okay. And that gets worse and worse in the next movie. It really does, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he's always cr- he's always crying about something. Right. And it, a lot of times it's his fault, but... Yeah. Okay, and so talking about changes from the, the comic, what do you think of the web slinging? Oh, I, I was very much against it. I hated it. When yeah. they, they put the, them, it, like, physical things inside of his hands that, right. like, could shoot out... Yeah, I remember when, as soon as I heard about that, I was like, "Oh, this is this is just ruined for me." <laughs> yeah. Now, I because I, th- I, th- I think if anything, it takes away from his genius because in, in the comic he was like smart enough to develop this this formula to create web and a web shooter. Now it's just sort of like, "Oh, well, we don't have to explain that." It takes fifteen minutes in the movie, just or like five ten minutes in the movie, just just cut it out and put it in his hands, and move on. Well, Sam Raimi actually, his argument was that. Does it really make sense that he is smart enough and has enough technology to do that when, like, Oscorp doesn't have that figured out? But Oscorp's not looking to do that. Why would yeah. they develop – why would they want to develop that? That yeah. doesn't 
Uh, yeah, because because if you don't have the physical body str- here here okay let's let's dive in this if you want to get into this if you need to have the physical body strength and the lightness of Spider Man for those to make sense it, otherwise because you need to be able to like pull it's essentially when he shoots those webs out he's pulling himself right and then he's slinging himself like up into so it's like you kind of need to have that like altered human spider strength. But if you had that as like say a robot, you'd be too heavy for the webs to work. Mm. So it's auto- yeah, is he when he when he sprays one out? Is he then is the mechanism then retracting it when he needs to climb or whatever? Is that what's happening? I you know what I I don't really yeah they never really explain how that okay. works. It, I, I guess I guess it, yeah I guess the mechanism is sort of pulling it back in. I mean I guess you could say that also for his hand, but it just it the the hand thing was. The, the hand thing was weird to me because in the other version with the mechanical stuff, he could alter the types of web he needed by like rotating, like whether it was like uh, a ball or right. like a net or like a string or something. Yeah, yeah. With that, with, with that, it's just sort of like with your in your hands, it would just be like you would need almost sort of like a nozzle like thing to adjust. I don't know. The whole thing is weird. Yeah, it is weird. I can totally see. I can kind of see both sides because if if you knew nothing about him beforehand. Oh, he's just got these powers and, and that makes sense because he was bit by a spider, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. if you've read the comics and it's like, okay, he's really smart. He he figures all this stuff out. It makes sense for him to do it this way and because he's got the little bracelet that slides around that, that has different pods for different types of webs, right? Yeah. And that, that makes sense because, I mean, in the later movies, he starts shooting the balls and like how would he figure out how to do yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. And the, the thing about it, like I said earlier, it I think it takes away from how smart he is. That My problem with these movies is that they're constantly being like, oh, you're so smart and everyone's calling him a genius except for he never does anything. He never demonstrates it. Except, except for – There's like two lines where he's talking to Doc Ock. Exactly. Yeah, that's else. like the, yeah. the only time – like there's a couple scenes in college where he's like raises his hand and answers – I think he answers all of two questions, the entire – all right. three movies and then has like a two-minute conversation with Doc Ock where he, he doesn't even talk about his own theories. He's just sort of like is referencing other people's work. And that's it. And then you're yeah. supposed to be like, okay, everyone's – like Professor Connor called him the most brilliant – like one of the most brilliant students he's ever had. And yeah, like, yeah. And you're like, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. So it's sort of a weird thing where if you had previous knowledge of how smart he was, you wouldn't need it demonstrated in these movies. But you'd also want them to show the him making the web thing. Whereas yeah. Sam Raimi, Raimi went, he's kind of stepping in one foot in both sides. Like he's assuming just by telling you how smart he is, you'll believe it because of everything that came before. But we're also not going to give him the the credit for making the webs. These movies do that a ton of time where they they there's no there's no build up or reason for the explanation. There's just an explanation. Yeah, especially in that in that third one with the uh, the butler. Oh, the butler, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that one. Yeah. But that's just, well, as soon as that, I was like, this guy has had like five lines in the entire movie. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he's like <laughs> he's saving like, the day. He's the linchpin, yeah. yeah. I know, exactly. Uh, all right. So that's Peter Parker. We have uh, Mary Jane Watson, who yeah. in this movie lives next door to Peter. And I guess they're both in seniors in high school at this point when the movie starts. Yeah, yeah. And she's dating – she's, of course, super pretty and she's dating the – the jock or whatever at school. Yeah. Which, did you know who that was? Did you see who that was? Oh, I did. I forget who it was now. Uh, Joe Manganiello. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, as soon as I saw that, I stopped and I was like, "What? Like, <laughs> it looks like him." And then I was, then I looked it up. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, yeah, it's like so different. He looks so right. young. <laughs> you know, you know, he's a huge D and D fan. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's uh, he's got his own dungeon and uh, like he he uh, hosts all these games with celebrities and stuff. Nice. I bet, I bet uh, he's had Vin Diesel over. I know. Uh, yeah, he probably. I think he has. Said, well, he he was making fun of Vin Diesel. And said that Vin Diesel sort of plays up. I don't. I don't believe that. I think Vin Diesel is legit about his love of Dungeons and Dragons. But um, a friend of mine actually is making a Gary Gygax documentary. And, oh, cool! Uh, and I, I keep I keep telling him like you got to get a hold of, of like either Joe or Vin Diesel or something. And, right. Hey, I got some friends in Santa Cruz you could talk to. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, she her kind of arc is. Well, and that's the thing is all three stories, she's just there to be like Peter's foil, right? Yeah. She doesn't yeah. really have a story of her own. She, Well, she's she, also there to be the, the, the love triangle. Between she's the love – yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and that gets even more confusing in the third movie. And then we have Harry Osborn, uh, James Franco. So he, that's it. So it's interesting. I thought he looked a lot like his dad. Oh yeah. The yeah, they they yeah. made it look really similar. Or they, did, they have like yeah. pronounced features, eyes, and you know cheekbones and things like that. Yeah, I never thought about it until I saw, I re saw this and I was like, oh, they do look a lot alike. Yeah, and he ends up dating MJ in this movie, and then he's also jealous of Spider Man because of he keeps saving MJ. Uh, then of course we have Norman Osborn, his dad. Uh, Peter, may I introduce my father, Norman Osborn? I heard so much about you. Great honor to meet you, sir. Harry tells me you're quite the science whiz. You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. I read all your research on nanotechnology. Really brilliant. And you understood it? Yes, I, I wrote a paper on it. Who, uh, he runs Oscorp, big, another one of these, like every one of these Marvel movies and probably DC as well is like, okay, there's this great, huge scientist company that is, you know, creating next level science technology and there's something goes crazy wrong or yeah and then the funny thing about it in that when cartoons or like comics like that is that like on a long enough timeline like even even peter parker starts his own like multinational corporation at some oh point. yeah <laughs> but yeah i can't remember. i think it's like like parker corp or some bs thing like that but it's yeah and all these like offshoots and futuristic episode like you know storylines and stuff it's yeah it, like everybody at some point gets their own company i guess so because if you if you can create that kind of tech you might as well make a lot of money out of it exactly yeah yeah, yeah. willem dafoe it's i'm kind of mixed on him in this like he's really good in a lot of it but it also feels like he's kind of slumming it at part at times like yeah, he's I usually doing that, serious yeah. movies and uh he, when he's sitting there when he's got spider-man all drugged up and paralyzed and he's kind of giving him the we should we should team up talk yeah it just feels really weird yeah it does well that's just that's just him in general i mean i, <laughs> well, I, I know true. what you mean there's a few times where he's trying to like pull the scene up and like elevate it and then he's like doing a scene with Franco and Franco's just like okay <laughs> like smiles like yeah. squints his eyes right like, uh-huh, like, like sort of like uh. nods and laughs or something you're like ooh, like you can see the Defoe just trying to like make it work and then he's, he's just got too many teeth yeah uh, so then we've got Aunt May and Uncle Ben of course just two of the best actors in these movies oh yeah amazing a very just so oh yeah especially uncle ben uncle ben yeah. is just you, the, whenever he tells a story you're just sort of like i want to stop and listen and just sort of <laughs> learn something from you yeah 
Yeah, and then so, whenever so like wise. Yeah. Aunt, Aunt May is having a, a like a heart to heart with Peter or something, and he's doing his creepy Toby emoting face, and she's just <laughs> yeah. like, she's just you look, you cut to her, and you're like, oh, okay, there's a real actor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who would you who would you have put in uh, Toby Maguire's? I place? don't know. They were. I read they were thinking about Leo. Yeah, that, that's that's too I far of a stretch, though. Yeah. He's 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 too popular and too like Hollywood handsome to yeah to put in. You kind of need somewhere in between Tobey Maguire and Leonardo DiCaprio, right? And I, I'm with all his faults. I thought he did a pretty good job in this. And yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's uh, yeah it's it's a combination of of the, the things that don't work are obviously from the script, right? And and then they just I, I feel like sometimes they should have been like okay let's just resuit that and have you not make that ridiculous face. <laughs> there was a few times where i'm like okay like he's he's putting way too much facial action into this like they should dial it down a notch or two and there are in all three in these movies there are a ton of close-ups of peter parker yeah there are and for some reason i don't know why it just struck me at some point i'm like i keep because my, my eyes always looking at the lighting yeah and i'm like they keep shooting and lighting him at the same side of the screen <laughs> like he's always on screen right Looking really? camera left. I don't I'll know. Check it, that out almost never on the other side, and lit lit in the same way. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Campbell's cameo in this one as the wrestling ring announcer. He comes back as a different character in each one, which is fun. Yep. yep. And of course, J.J. Jameson. Yeah. J.J. Simmons, who I, I can't think of anyone else could do this better right now. No. And in fact, if they ever have to do it again, they should just bring him back. Yeah, I mean, I guess he hit, the character hasn't been in the the latest ones. They've no. mentioned it, but he hasn't. Well, because he, well, because he's supposed to be he's still a high school kid in the latest ones. So oh, that's right. There, there's no point in him being like a newspaper photographer. Yeah. Who is Spider Man? He's a criminal. That's who he is. A vigilante, a public menace. What's he doing on my front page? Mr. Jameson, your wife is on line one. She needs to know if you. Mr. Jameson, this is a page six problem. We have a page one problem. Shut up. Right. Well, he's news. They're really important clients. They can't wait. They're about to. He pulled six people off that subway car. Sure, from a wreck he probably caused. Something goes wrong and this creepy crawler is there. Look at that. He's fleeing the scene. What's that tell you? He's not fleeing. He's probably going to save somebody else. He's a hero. Then why does he wear a mask? Hmm? What's he got to hide? She just needs to know if you want the chintz or the chenille in the dining room. Whichever one's cheaper. Mr. Jameson, it's like this. We double book page six. See, so both Macy's and Conaway's both have three quarters of the same. We sold out four printings. Sold out? Every copy. Tomorrow morning, Spider-Man, page one, with a decent picture this time. Move Conway to page seven. There's a problem with page seven. I make it page eight and give him 10% off. Okay. I make it 5%. That can't be done. Get out of here! Problem is, we don't have a decent picture. Eddie's been on it for weeks. We can barely get a glimpse of him. Oh, what, is he shy? If we can get a picture of Julia Roberts in a thong, we can certainly get a picture of this weirdo. Put an ad on the front page. Cash money for a picture of Spider-Man. He doesn't want to be famous. And I'll make him infamous. Have you uh, heard that the Spider-Man game just came out for PS4? Yeah. And everyone's raving about it. They think yeah. it's great. And <clears throat> apparently in that game, Jameson is pretty – he has this like radio talk show and he's pretty much Alex Jones. Yeah. The, you know what? They, they've done that for a little bit. Um, there's There's been some more modern uh, – spider-man comics where same kind of thing it's like he, he's like a talk show host kind of thing or like a radio host and right is always ripping on spider-man and so 
Yeah, yeah. I, that's that's sort of like where they've kind of gone. I, I, it's that's the thing is when when you have a comic run that goes for I mean this is from the '60s, so it's like looking at 50 years. You sort of need to reinvent the story. Newspapers dying out, right? And so there's like it's not going to be like this big like newspaper magnated anymore. It's it's sort of like okay, well we need to modernize them and make them sort of like a like a syndicated XM radio star kind of thing. Yeah. So he's got a he's got it in for Spider Man. He always has. That's the age old tradition. Um, but I'm not sure w- they don't really explain why. Do they? I think he just thinks that negative stuff. Everyone's printing positive stuff about him. That negative stuff will sell. Yeah. I think he just, it's more he wants to make a story out of something that's not there and something he thinks will sell better. Because it's like if you're if you're going to read a newspaper and you've read a thousand things on Spider Man, but all of a sudden this one newspaper has got a story about how Spider Man's a crook. Right. You're going to be like, oh, I need to read this. I need to yeah. see like what information they have on him being a terrible yeah. being. Sure. It, it it doesn't make him out to be a very good newspaper man. <laughs> no, he's, he's actually not. Uh, what, one one thought on, on Mary Jane. See, the thing that bothers me about the Kirsten Dunst Mary Jane is that it she plays it too sort of like beaten down in life. Because uh, in the actual in the comics, like she she Mary Jane did not go to high school with Peter, right? So what it was more is that is that Aunt May had a friend, and that was the friend's granddaughter, and Aunt May kept trying to set like the gag in the early '60s was that Aunt May was always trying to set Peter Parker up with uh, her friend's like granddaughter, uh, I think granddaughter or niece or something or daughter or whatever. But it was like, oh, you've you got to meet this person, Mary Jane. And he just kept assuming like this is going to be this terrible, horrible girl that I don't want anything to do with. And so he kept blowing his aunt off. And so finally, like the aunt just insisted. And, and when she showed up to the door, they and they've reused this in like comics and like retellings and cartoons and stuff. He goes and opens the door and it's like this like knockout redhead who and the, the line they always say is uh, face it, tiger, you hit the jackpot. Mm-hmm. And and she's sort of this sort of pushy, sort of like self-confident woman that's sort of like always trying to to sort of like insert herself and 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 take control of a situation or a scene. So when they and they had like her as this sort of like downtrodden next door neighbor whose like father is like you know verbally abusive to her and she's like not sure in her way in life. I was like, this is not the character I'm thinking of. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know what her character was like in the comics. Yeah. That is an interesting choice. Yeah. She's a very strong woman in the comics. Okay. So much so that I think like, like there's a portion of time where he gets kind of turned off by her that, and how pushy she is. Uh, and in the newspaper strip, like quite often she's very successful on Broadway and he's, you know, not doing anything in his life and he's always yeah, jealous of yeah. her doing that. Yep. Yep. Right. So, uh, any other characters that are, I think that's all the, the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we have uh, the class trip to the science place, whatever it was. Uh, one of the genetically engineered super spiders gets out of its cage and bites Peter, uh, which is kind of a uh, – I mean, you knew it was going to happen, but uh, the yeah. scene, seeing the bite, spider bite him is, is kind of good. He comes out, comes home and passes out and uh, next day he wakes up and he's got muscles and – you know, I know. He, he can it was, see, and it was so funny seeing his head on that body. 
Yeah, apparently he worked out for like six months. To oh, do, I'm to sure do he this. did. Yeah. I, I'm not saying it's not him. I'm just yeah. saying that like it's again like like you and I were talking earlier. Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire makes you th- think that anybody can be a superhero, right? Right. And just just in in the way he looks and acts and stuff like that. Like, there's nothing that makes him be like like he's a phenomenal actor or like oh he's like really well defined or toned in his physique or something. It's right. Just sort of like he's just an everyday guy who they just had on some crazy workout scheme. Yeah. It's like the opposite of uh, Chris Evans in the beginning of Captain America. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. He's he goes about discovering his powers, and you know he he figures out that he can shoot webbing by accident, pretty much. And that's actually a fun not not the bioweb thing, but when he starts just swinging around the city and having yeah, fun with yeah. it, that that's just like you can feel the fun in that, and and it's it's a very uh, exciting scene. And apparently, they developed a, a camera system. Well, they didn't, they only used it in one scene for this movie, but they used it more in the next two, where they can hang a camera off a building and like drop it down and swing it around and to get all these these shots to go through the city uh which is pretty cool um how how about that crazy scene where uh he's he's learning how to shoot webs in his room and then ant-man comes to the door peter what's what's going on in there i'm exercising i'm not dressed ant me well you're acting so strangely, Peter. Okay, thanks. And she's like, Peter, what are you doing in here? And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, I'm not dressed yet, May. I'm doing exercises. It's like, right. what are you doing? <laughs> like, j- nakedly jumping around your your bedroom. <laughs> yeah, and of course the, the suggestion is obvious, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> like shooting white things all over the wall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's like, what are you doing there? He's like, and then she's like, the no, way he acts. Go yeah, away, yeah. Mom. He, it's like, no, it's, he's not even that. He's just like, Aunt May, I'm not dressed right now. Like, <laughs> Come on, go away. Right. Oh, and and so he starts to uh get better in school like he he uh he's in the lunchroom and and MJ comes by and is she trips with her lunch tray and he he grabs her and catches everything on the tray, which is a great scene and it's more amazing when you realize it's all for real. Yeah, yeah. They took like 156 takes to do it. Really? I did <laughs> not know that. Done, yeah. They just threw everything up in the air and it's like, here, go ahead and try and catch it all. Oh, I got to watch that again then. Yeah. Knowing that it's real. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, this is one of those things where they do this so many times throughout this this whole series where you'd think that someone in that high school later on, like years later, would be like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> I went to high school with a guy who had like weird webs coming out of his hand and, and like beat up the bully by doing backflips. Like, right. Right. There's this weird kid that. Probably Spider-Man size that has a lot of dexterity and strength out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, exactly. Yeah, there's so many times where he just does these things, like uh, in the later on in the third movie where he's doing those like flips around the the bar and stuff. You're like people, like that's like the height of Spider-Man craziness right there. People aren't like, wait a minute, who is this guy? Yeah, exactly. So cutting between that, we have shots uh, involving uh, Doctor Osborne, and he he's developing all this latest technology for the military, but they're like they need it to work right away and they're threatening to shut him down so he uh injects himself with the serum to test it out and it ends up <clears throat> making him a little crazy and turns him into the what is it the green goblin he ends up the uh oscorp's board decides to sell the company and get rid of norman so he as 
Green Goblin attacks the ceremony and Spider-Man saves MJ. So Except that's, for, yeah, <laughs> that was the thing that kind of threw me off with these movies. It was like the amount of people that actually die in these, like that entire <laughs> board of directors is just like eviscerated and like, they just like flash into like bones that incinerate and turn to become dust. Right. But he's just upset because Peter saved one girl. Yeah, I know. He's like, oh, he got her and saved her. <laughs> my, my, yeah. my son's like horror girlfriend or whatever. Right. <laughs> he hated her so much. It's <laughs> And uh, yes, I guess that puts Green Goblin on a path against Spider-Man, which will end up at the end of the movie. Um, And okay, so going back to Peter, he decides to do something. He he needs some money. He wants to get some money to buy a car. So he uh, goes to this wrestling ring and um, he dresses up in the blue and red proto Spider-Man thing. And he tells the the announcer, Bruce Campbell, he's like, "I'm, I'm the human spider and Bruce Campbell says, announces him as Spider-Man. If he can withstand just three minutes in the cage with Bonesaw McGraw, the sum of $3,000 will be paid to. What's your name, kid? The Human Spider. The Human Spider, that's it? That's the best you got? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. The sum of $3,000 will be paid to the terrifying, the deadly... The Amazing Spider-Man! My name's the Human Spider. I don't care. Get out there. No, he got my name wrong. Get out there, you moron. So then he, he, you know, uses his dexterity and wits and stuff to take down this other wrestler guy. And he goes to get paid and the guy won't pay him everything. So then when some robber comes in and, and steals the guy's money, Peter doesn't stop him. And I guess there's the the line uh, I, I failed to see where that's my fault or my yeah. problem a hundred bucks the ad said three thousand well check it again webhead it said three grand for three minutes and you pinned them in two for that i give you a hundred and you're lucky to get that i need that money i missed the part where that's my problem you could have taken that guy apart now he's going to get away with my money i missed the part where that's my problem which you you saw that coming from a mile away. Oh like yeah! As, as soon as yeah. he lets that guy go, like yeah. let go, you're like, that's gonna come back to haunt you. And that guy, the robber, it's so fun because he's got this like the frosted tips look. Oh, it's hair. terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like such an like an '80s theme villain. You know, he couldn't he couldn't be any more recognizable on the street. Like if you if you right. were the cops and you were trying to track this guy down, it's the dude in like the the wife beater, like with like frosted tips. <laughs> yeah, and you're <laughs> yeah. Running hey, with a bag of money. Right. At least he got to come back for the third movie. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so, And then he eventually goes out and at least for this movie, uh, he kills Uncle Ben and takes his car. Yeah. And as Peter is holding Uncle Ben – well, actually, before he went into wrestling, Uncle Ben said – gave him the, uh, the famous line. Pete, look. You're changing. I know. I went through exactly the same thing at your age. No, not exactly. Peter – these are the years when a man changes into the man he's going to become the rest of his life. Just be careful who you change into. This guy, Flash Thompson, he probably deserved what happened. But just because you can beat him up doesn't give you the right to. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. 
Are you afraid that I'm going to turn into some kind of criminal? Quit worrying about me, okay? Something's different. I'll figure it out. Stop lecturing me, please. I don't mean to lecture and I don't mean to preach. And I know I'm not your father. Then stop pretending to be. Right. I'll pick you up here at 10. And uh, when he, he comes out, off. Yeah. he blew him off and uh, then he dies and Peter's sad. And he doesn't tell Aunt May about how it happened until much later. There's too much for this Spider-Man series. There's too much like Peter Parker, like introspective thought of like, you know, like inner monologue, like, like all the scenes at the cemeteries and like, and like him perched on the edge of uh like you, you could only get away with that in like the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the, the voiceover at the beginning and the end, yeah. which just didn't work. Who am I? You sure you want to know? The story of my life is not for the faint of heart. If somebody said it was a happy little tale, if somebody told you I was just your average ordinary guy not a care in the world, somebody lied. But let me assure you, this, like any story worth telling, is all about a girl. That girl. The girl next door. Mary Jane Watson. The woman I've loved since before I even liked girls. I'd like to tell you that's me next to her. The heck, I'd even take him. Hey! Stop the <laughs> That's me. Hey, hey, tell him to stop, please! Stop! I don't know, his, vo- his voice is not his strong po- point, let's just no, say that. Not. What, what is that? Yeah, well, you just, you I'm know. not saying he's terrible. I mean, like, no. obviously yeah. he's a good actor. He, like, you know, he did really well in Seabiscuit. <laughs> that's where that's the, that's, the, that's the only thing I can think of where people were like, "Oh my God, he's a great actor." That's actually he, funny because I can't think of anything. <laughs> uh, when, when he was in uh, the movie, uh, what was it, uh, Wizards or whatever, with uh, Fred Savage, that that Nintendo. Oh, he was in that. Yeah, he the he wizard. Plays, like, oh, that's he, funny. He, he pops up for like five seconds at the yeah. convention. He's like hanging out with a bunch of other kids. Yeah, his credit in that is Lucas's goon at Video Armageddon. Yeah. Uncredited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess he was in Roseanne a bit. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, Empire Records. Scenes deleted. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. What did, yeah. What did he do before? Uh, okay, here we go. Pleasantville and Cider House Rules. Oh, Pleasantville. You know what? He, he yes. was pretty good in Pleasantville, actually. Yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, I haven't seen Cider House Rules. Wonder Boys, I haven't seen, but that was big. Who was who was the sister in Pleasantville? Oh, that was um, yeah, I know who it is. I can't think of her name right now. Let's see, Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon, the the, the non uh, Kristen Dunst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's that's I couldn't remember if it was the, but you know, it's funny when when they when talking about when they casted him, they cast him to be Spider Man. I remember being like. It's, this is kind of funny to think about now where I was like a 26 year old Spider-Man like playing a high school kid like yeah. I was like that's that's kind of a stretch and then sure enough when they uh, cast Andrew Garfield who's 29 I was like that's even further out <laughs> yeah Tom Holland is the most appropriate looking yeah, one yeah I think he was probably like what like 19 or something like, yeah. which is way different than like the, the age and body difference between like 19 and 26 and 29 is like uh, yeah leaps and bounds uh, Norman has a golem moment 
Somebody there? Somebody. Who said that? Don't play the innocent with me. You've known all along. Where are you? Follow the cold shiver running down your spine. I'm right here. I don't understand. Did you think it was coincidence? So many good things all happening for you, all for you, Norman. What do you want? To say what you won't. To do what you can't. To remove those in your way. The board members. You killed them. We killed them. We? Remember your little accident in the laboratory? Performance enhancers. Bingo. Me. Your greatest creation. Bringing you what you've always wanted. Power beyond your wildest dreams. And it's only the beginning. There's only one who can stop us. Or imagine if he joined us. Oh yeah, yeah. He's looking in the mirror and the mirror image is talking to him and he's kind of going insane and I feel like they cast I feel like that's the thing is they they obviously cast uh Willem Dafoe as just like well we need a we need a batshit crazy like green goblin. Yeah. So it's like who do you who do you hire and you you, you want to take them seriously so it's it's not it's not Robin Will- or it's not uh it's like not It's not be- <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> But I'm saying like it's not Jim Carrey or like uh, it's not that kind of like manic craziness. It's it's right. more it's... sort of like deep disturbed <laughs> craziness. Mm-hmm. It's like you yeah you either go Gary Busey or you go uh, you go Willem Dafoe. Right. So uh, Goblin uh, sprays Spider Man with some sleep gas, and then he has a little scene where he tries to convince him to join him. Uh, it's funny. He does the same line that they always use. You know, we're not so different. You know, you and, yeah, and yeah. Spider Man goes, but you know. I fight for what's right and you you kill people. He's like, eh, to each their own. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You <laughs> didn't really press the we're not so different line. <laughs> yeah, the, whoever whoever wrote this just it was it, it's all just it's all just scenes and mini scenes and dialogue just to like move the story forward. It's true. There's not a like a thread here other than There's nothing that pays off. Like right. just just goblin coming after Spider-Man. Yeah, I feel like what, I feel like they were sort of like, well, just focus on the action scenes and then just give us some dialogue to get to those. Yeah, and just kind of make it so that Peter always wants MJ but can never have her. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. that's sort of the point of this movie. As you, yeah, the upside down. I remember everyone talked about that fucking upside down Spider-Man kiss thing. Like, yeah, it was everywhere. They had it like at some sort of MTV Movie Awards. <laughs> it was such a thing. It and, like, yeah, yeah, and then like everyone kept parodying it, making fun of it, and yeah, like about the the impracticality of like being upside down like that in the rain and how you would just drown. Oh yeah, they said it was so hard for him. He kept getting water up in his nut sinuses. Yeah. Then Kirsten Dunn's baby teeth really freaked me out. Yeah, her teeth are a little off. 
It's weird. It's, 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 they're, not, they're not off as much as they're just sort of like they seem like child's teeth. Well, it's just her, her two front teeth angle yeah. inward and the ones outside yeah. of them angle outward. And Which is not a knock on her. No, I mean, she, no, she's, no. She's, it, she's, she's attractive. But beautiful, it's sort of, yeah. Yeah. But it's more it's just sort of like – uh, again, like the my, again, my problem is is that this character is supposed to be like a like a sex pot, just sort of like just bombshell, like almost sort of like a like a you know a, a Raquel Welch like kind of like old school like fifties like actress kind of thing. Yeah, and, they went for more girl next door. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, like I mean, I guess to each their own. But he's like, he's losing his mind over this girl, like. Well, it, but also in this movie, he grew up next to her. So yeah, what, what do they say in Silence of the Lambs? You covet what you see every day? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Oh, so then we have the big choice. This happens in every one of these freaking superhero movies. Goblin has a choice for Spider-Man. Save MJ or save a gondola for, full of tourists. Now, I guess they did it in in uh, Batman 3. Yeah. Right? First. That was before this. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they did it in Batman The Dark Knight, which was yep. after this. They did it they, twice, actually. Cause they, they, did, did, they did it in Austin Powers. They did Austin Powers. Uh, Austin they Powers 2, yeah. Batman had the choice between the two boats. Or no, they gave the people on the boats the choice to blow the other boat up. But then Batman had to choose between What's-Her-Name and Harvey Dent. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's always the hero's choice, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he he saves them both, like Batman. I know that's time. that's the thing. It's uh, I guess I guess that was the trick in uh, in the Dark Knight, which is where she doesn't survive, right? And so you're sort of like shocked that like oh they would like because that's the that, that's the thing is that that would have never worked if that wasn't a trope where like oh it's always the hero has to choose both and then saves both of them. Yeah, but uh, Goblin gets him anyway. Takes him to some old beat up house to uh, to kill him. And I mean, Goblin's just laying into him the whole time until Spider-Man finally. I wrote down gets his mojo because that's about the only thing I can describe. Yeah. You know, it's the it's the old uh, hero's journey trope where you've got to reach inside to your to your depths and and uh, find your uh, hidden strength that you didn't know you had. But we're not sure how that happens here. You know, maybe maybe he thought about his uncle or something. <laughs> uncle Ben. <laughs> Uh, and and he and he kills. Well, he doesn't actually kill Goblin. Goblin is standing in front of him, and his uh, his little flying saucer thing is coming at him. And Peter what, dodges at the last second, yeah. and that kills Goblin. Which you got to have insens- insane reflexes to be able to fly that thing. Like as soon as he flips out and over, it's that stupid shot of just like, oh no, like you couldn't move out of the right, way. Right, right. Yeah. Like you, you can dodge punches and you can like dodge things being thrown at you on a glider, but it's Flipping it, like, around. In yeah, the sky. but it's like a, a, an object coming at you at a moderate speed, you can't just like duck out of the way. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, but it, also Spider-Man should have better reflexes than, than Goblin. Well, yeah. Right, so uh, he takes he takes him back to to Harry's house or their you know Norman's house, and Harry sees him there. And now Harry hates Spider Man for killing his father. Uh, yeah, that's uh, I hate you, Spider Man. Like that. <laughs> uh, that throughout these movies, it just yeah. got so old so fast. 
all, all the scenes in the third one when he gets like the the amnesia and he's like this like yeah. happy go lucky oh <laughs> so <laughs> terrible where he's like ah oh, my best friends you've all come yeah. i'm so glad to see oh, you all like that that whole stretch didn't make much sense but we'll get there <laughs> yeah. and finally mj says she loves him but he can't love her back because that would put her in danger so poor peter that was the worst part about this you're like really come on like, right. like this is one of those stupid decisions where just no matter what she is going to be like unless you cut her out of your life completely like she will be used as bait at some point yeah you yeah, can't some, even be somebody's going to figure her. it out. Yeah. Right. Right. Then you go to this awkward thing where you're like, she's sort of, she'll, and then she'll sooner or later figure out because he's constantly like, oh, get away from me. I don't want to talk to you. Like, <laughs> and I think she gets pulled into situations without them even knowing about her. Yeah. Right? She's just yeah. a magnet. Yeah. Yeah. That's, well, that's, that's like, that's like the whole Lois Lane thing. It's like, yeah, but, well, but, I guess, but in that sense, Lois Lane, like, she's ins- a news ins- reporter. Yeah. Yeah. She inserts herself into, yeah. into dangerous situations. Oh, when, when Goblin attacks the, uh, the big party, the sales, the company, sale of the company, one of the board members says, that's our saucer. Like, so they know who he is, but I guess they, they all die. So maybe no one yeah. else figures out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still it's like, yeah, he's using this Osborne technology out in open, and some of the engineers got to figure it out, right? Well, yeah. Also, what about this weird, like, secret room in his, like, mansion that went later when uh, Harry yeah. breaks the window or, like, the mirror? And, like, it's <laughs> – somebody had to have been like, – like, somebody had to have noticed him stealing massive amounts of technology and moving it to his right? house. And then, like, he – he he somehow he creates this whole goblin costume and multiple versions of it. Like when yeah. when did this happen, or was that all for the military as well? Like was the military ordering goblin style you you know combat outfits? Yeah, well, they, they want their uh, their goblin um, super soldiers, right? Yeah, exactly. You had to know that was going to go bad as soon as they were like, "Oh, that one rat went crazy," and he's like, "Ah, oh, don't worry about it. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do it myself." But, yeah, yeah, that's. Every why does he smash that bottle? Ever. I don't understand why the fuck he does that. Like he drinks that like that like catalyst juice to like uh, like oh it, it helps increase like like catalyzation when the vapor hits the blood and then he like smashes it on the ground. And you're like the yeah. fuck is yeah. He's, he, I guess it's showing how he's reckless he is. Or yeah, I don't know. it's all these like small little choices that they make that just add to the character. Yeah. Anything else on this one? No. Uh, so yeah, so this one had the highest single day box office gross of any film, forty seven million dollars on its second day. Jeez, what uh, what do you rate this one? Again, as we talked about before, I'm going to give it a seven because it was a defining moment in comics, and at the time when I watched it, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even you know, honestly, there there are times in here where some of the Visual effects hold up and things look okay. I mean, like a lot of the pure Spider-Man scenes are very rubbery and cartoony. Yeah, so let's talk about the special effects. I thought they held up pretty well. Yes, yeah. they were pretty. They were good for their time. the 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 pure CGI stuff was you could tell a little a little bit smooth, maybe. Yeah. But I was reading that they never wanted a shot that was completely CGI. They wanted yeah, to have yeah. real elements, and they did a lot of practical, at least backgrounds, yep. if not. You know, foregrounds and, and practical people and things like that. So, and I think I remember they 
when they were doing tests, they did like some scenes with a – well, no, it was just for the second one, I guess, when they did the, the Doc Ock arms. Oh, they yeah, had yeah, – yeah. some of the scenes were puppeteered. Uh, and then some of them were CGI, and when they showed it to people, they couldn't tell the difference. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and that was like a couple years later. No, but the, 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 those arms looked good. They uh, were great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, with this one, you're right, a couple of the – but for a lot of it, I think it, it, it looked pretty good, especially for the time. Yeah. So, I mean, going back to what I was saying, which is the, 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 the story was enough at the time to be like, okay, I, I feel like Spider-Man's a real person. This is a real thing, and it, it's modernized, and everything looks good. It's got a few things here. There's there's definitely elements like we talked about that, that keep it from being an eight or a nine, but it – it was just a, it was it was an enjoyable movie to watch at the time and and watching it now I was sort of like okay this this is actually kind of fun to go back and relive that 2002 mind frame of of like movie enjoyment yeah I I agree I I gave it an eight I think this is I, I enjoyed it a lot more I think probably because I didn't have the the comic to compare to really so I wasn't disappointed by the webs or by Mary Jane or by whatever else changed from the comic. Uh, and just watching it again, I just had a great time. And even with all the things that we've talked about that were not as good, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think for me looking back that it's, it's more of the casting choices of like, like I said, it's, I think it's a good movie in the mind frame of 2002. But then when I look back on it now, I'm like, ah, like there's so many better people they could have cast like oh, in yeah. retrospect who would you do, I, yeah, do you have any on top I, of that, off the top of my head no i don't yeah. but i mean i could probably come up with a list and I'll, I'll 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 sort of do a mental thought in the background while we talk about this of and i'll get okay. i'll cycle back around and tell you what yeah, I. Think. yeah all right what do you think uh what do you want to go for what do you want to guess mdb or rotten tomatoes let me do i'm gonna guess rotten tomatoes and i'm gonna say it got a 78 it got a 90 percent Really? Shit. Yeah. I, I knew it was going to well be high. Was. I didn't think it would be that high. I think because because of all the sort of sad sack Peter Mopey stuff, that pulled in the critics who were not automatic superhero fans. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. And then IMDb gave it a 7.3 out of 10. All right. So Spider-Man 2 came out in 2004. Uh, again, Sam Raimi. This one had a budget of $200 million. Jeez. Given That's how the jump, first, yeah. yeah, the first one had a budget of like one something, one thirty nine, and took in four hundred in the U.S. What do you think the second one did with a two hundred million budget? Uh, pretty big. Uh, two hundred million. So it's, I'd say domestic, it probably did five eighty. It did less than the first one, actually. What did three seventy three? Ooh, really? Yeah, seven eighty three worldwide. So slightly below the first one, both places. Hmm. Almost doubled its money domestically. So, Jeez. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. It's interesting. Yeah, because this one got a lot of buzz. People really like this one. But we'll see. IMDb says, Peter Parker is beset with troubles in his failing personal life as he battles a brilliant scientist named Dr. Otto Octavius. Yeah, so in this one, Peter uh, is now at college, and he is juggling work, studies, and being Spider-Man, and he's not doing it well. Uh, I guess he was working as a pizza delivery guy, but he gets fired for always coming in late and not getting, delivering the pizza on time because he's saving people and whatnot. Yeah. He gets fired from the newspaper, with freelance work in the newspaper, for not uh, giving him pictures of Spider-Man because Jameson always makes him look bad. Um, 
he gets he's getting low grades in school. Doctor, what's his name? Connors. Uh, I guess fires him from. I was reading trivia and they were saying about Dr. Connors firing him. I guess I missed that line. I thought he was just getting bad grades, but was he like a, an it's, assistant it's, or something? Yeah, they're, they're, all it is is a line where they're like, yeah. he fired him. Yeah. Or I, I got fired. Yeah. Right. It, like, it, at no point do you have any idea of what he's doing for him, like how he's working for him or anything. Right. Right. And apparently all through this, this Dr. Connors character is, is the lizard. Well, you know. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing is it's – I was kind of annoyed at how much they set up certain things and then they yeah. never got any payoffs. Like yeah. obviously you see Doc, Dr. Connors and he's missing his arm. Which, which I never noticed. You never noticed that. No, it's, until I read the trivia. I was like, oh, that's that character yeah, which I've yeah. seen in the newspaper strip. He tries to use lizard DNA to regrow an arm. And right. and then it just causes his whole body to morph into a lizard, and then the other one, the other big one was uh, they introduce. Uh, I th- I think I can't remember. I think it's this movie, uh, J. Jonah Jameson Jr. the the astronaut, the, the astronaut, yeah, the su- the astronaut son. Yeah, I mean, the, essentially, the, where the symbiote comes from is that it is it attaches to the a shuttle, and it cr- the shuttle crash lands, and it, right. the Jameson son is like. One of the one of the like uh, astronauts on it, so it's like they introduce this whole this whole character, and they even bring Venom in in the third movie, and then they just don't even use that character at all. Yeah, and I was reading that they had planned to do both. They had planned to to bring in the lizard at some point. They had planned to use. I, I think the lizard was supposed to be the fourth movie. Yeah, and, or something, and and they had planned to use the shuttle as the thing, but they were just like, all right, that's going to take too long. We're just going to drop it on an asteroid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I, I, I'm, I, I, if there's a practical reason why they do it, then I understand. If it's just sort of some bullshit, like changing the story for no purpose or no reason, right? Then, now then the I'm thing so, is, yeah. not being familiar with those characters, I didn't see any of that setup happening. So exactly, it, it no, I, I understand. Yeah. But, it, but it was more just sort of like, I guess it's more sort of even from a, a casual viewer, you're like, why, like, why does this professor missing an arm? Like, Especially when you know that actor has that arm, right, right, and you're sort of like, well, why is that a thing, right? I, that actor is funny because even 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 in the com- yeah that guy even in the comics, there's a point of him having no arm. It's, it's not just like, oh, it's just a no, like a no armed character that's right. in the comics. It's like no, he has no arm for the driving the story forward. Yeah, a story that in this like whole series goes nowhere. Exactly. Yeah, that that actor is funny because all I can think about is the movie um, – what's the John Candy movie where he's writing the soap opera and everything's happening because it's a dream? Oh, God. It starts with a D. He says John Candy? Yeah. Well, like what year do you think it is? Uh, late 90s maybe? Late 90s? He died in 95. All right. Early 90s. <laughs> uh, um, Delirious? Delirious. That's it. Yeah, 91. Yeah, so this guy playing Connors is in that movie, and he's like the rival or something to John Candy's character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he no, keeps writing him, yeah. like losing his hair and having all these prop physical problems. He just deteriorates throughout the movie, which is pretty funny. Dylan Baker, yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a uh, decent actor. Yeah, yeah, no, he's good. I've seen him in some things. That's yeah. So uh, that's Peter. Um, MJ is now a, I guess she's a model slash actress. I know that was sh- that was so weird. Sure. When all of a sudden they go to that billboard of her. Right. She, uh, yeah. It's like she uh, – because then later on she gets fired from the acting job. You're like, then just be a model. 
Like, yeah, exactly. What's your? You already are on a billboard. Like, so so they don't want you to to like you got fired. You just go be a model. Right. Did she get fired? She gets fired in the third one, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying, right. it's like yeah. no, yeah, and that's right. That, that, and she's, that whole and she, thing. And she's even in the second one. She's already on another Broadway show. Right. Yeah, yeah. she's doing great. And I guess she's all right. So in this one, she's dating Jameson's son. Yeah, but she's she's still hinting to Peter that she wants to be with him, but he won't let her in because of Spider Man. Because of Spider, <laughs> just the way that's he won't let her in because of Spider Man. Yeah, he's in love with Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Harry, who is head of special projects at Oscorp, which I think is funny because when I was in the tech industry, special projects was this euphemism for. We want you to leave the company. Oh, when really? You, when you cease to be useful on the main product lines, you get put on – but they didn't want to like fire you or they didn't want to go through the, the hassle of firing you. They put you <laughs> on special projects, which meant you could basically goof around and do whatever you want until you decide to quit. Oh, geez. <laughs> Not always, but that was, that was the, the, the joke that we had. So he he's head of special projects and at some point, it feels like he's running Oscorp. Maybe in the beginning of the third movie or something, right? It feels yeah, like he's yeah. running Oscorp. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird because when he gets amnesia and doesn't go into work for a while, like, what's going on? Well, that's the funny thing is he's such a bonehead in the first movie. And then all of a sudden he's right. talking about, like, all these, like, physics concepts and how he's going to – he's like – yeah, gr- granted he doesn't grasp them completely. But it's still sort of like he's, like, this, like, business expert and, like, I don't know. The whole the whole transition that he goes through between movies is I, – I would – I want to see that because it makes no damn sense. No, it doesn't. Then we have Dr. Otto Octavius. Played by, um, oh, I didn't write his name down. Alfred Molina. Al, Al Molina. Yes, Al Molina, our good friend Al. Yeah, love him. Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark. Yep. Plenty of other things. Um, he that, is the, what, the, the part part of the greatest film scene in some history in Boogie Nights is the drug dealer. Oh right. <laughs> 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 I, I I overstated that to you when I told you to watch that, but I I, I do love that scene. It's a good scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so here he's developing fusion power for Oscorp, and lo and behold, he's he does a demonstration and something goes wrong. These four actuators were developed and programmed for the sole purpose of creating successful fusion. They are impervious to heat and magnetism. These smart arms are controlled by my brain through a neural link. Nanowires feed directly into my cerebellum, allowing me to use these arms to control fusion reaction in an environment no human hand could enter. Doctor, if the artificial intelligence in the arms is as advanced as you suggest, uh, couldn't that make you vulnerable to them? How right you are. Which is why I developed this inhibitor chip to protect my higher brain function. It means I maintain control of these arms instead of them controlling me. And now on to the main event. Give me the blue light, Rosie. Ladies and gentlemen, fasten your seatbelts. We have a successful fusion reaction. Keep calm. It's only a spike. It'll soon stabilize. 
We have a containment breach. Shut it off, Otto! Shut it off! It will stabilize! It's under control! I'm in charge here! It's my money! I'm in charge! He, uh, so he, I love this. Okay. So <laughs> he's trying to, to, why do all these scientists have to like do the, the actual test of their thing in front of a big audience? You know, prove it first and then demonstrate it. Right. Like, yeah. Don't, yeah. you don't want to have the chance of something going wrong. So he, he invites everybody out to this like warehouse someplace and, uh, you know, he's, they've got this fusion reactor thing that's spinning up and he puts on this harness with these four, octopus arms on it that have their own AI so they can help them manipulate things. And it, I feel like the arms are the more interesting thing here. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. If you've got these artificially intelligent arms that can, that can do what you do your every whim, first of all, what's powering them? So the, yeah, the and fusion powers, you probably already had to have fusion power for that to begin with. And they, and they don't react to like uh, magnetism or extreme heat or – yeah. Right. They're impervious to just, just about just anything. Just sell those things. They'd be worth right. so much money. I know. But he's he's gotta he's gotta have his world changing uh, like was it is it fusion or fission or fusion 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 yeah yeah fission would be explosion <laughs> yeah so it's fusion yeah <laughs> right so that that thing goes out of whack and during the whole thing before they are able to contain it somehow uh, his there's a chip on the top of the neck of this thing that allows that prevents the arms AI from taking over his brain. And that gets damaged. I know. As, as soon as that thing was like enormous and like when they flash to the back of it and you can see like this big like light bulb thing at the top, you're like, that thing's going to fucking blow. Oh, yeah. That was completely telegraphed. Uh, yeah. So that's that's uh, Otto. And then uh, Jameson is in this and he's still Jameson. So, OK. Our, oh, and then we have our, our cameo by Bruce Campbell. Uh, so um, MJ's in a play and she keeps wanting Peter to come see it and finally – and he can never come see it because he's always off being Spider-Man. So he finally goes to see the play. He gets delayed to be Spider-Man and when he gets there, it's he's late and Bruce Campbell won't let him in. Can I help you? Yeah, I uh, come to see the show. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. No one will be seated after the doors are closed. It helps maintain the illusion. Miss Watson, she's a friend of mine. She asked me to come. But not to come late. I have to see this show. You just let me in, I'll stand in the... And uh, MJ's disappointed in him again. So, like, the, I, you know, my friend Quint, who we had on for Predator, he hates this movie. Oh, really? The, yeah, he liked the, the first one, one yeah, but he yeah. hates the second one because of all the Peter Parker drama in it. He's like, this is not a Spider-Man movie. It's a Peter Parker movie. I don't want to watch Peter Parker. What movie. about the third one? I don't know. I haven't talked to him about that. It's probably just as bad because it actually gets a lot worse in that movie. It does, yeah. Yeah. Right. So all this stuff is going wrong because Peter can't can't keep juggling all these balls in the air. So everything is falling apart and somehow that causes him to lose his power. And I think – that's one of my main problems with this movie. Like this for no real explanation other than the fact that he's just kind of lost his grip on the world or on his life. 
he's like he can't shoot webs anymore and he his eyesight goes away and all these things i'm like give me give me more of a reason you know yeah okay so also in the uh, in the fusion accident uh, doc doc's wife dies uh, so that's a uh, a big problem for him. Uh, I know. He, what, a, what a waste to a character. It's like they, I know. They, they, they do this like very short thing of like, oh, she's the love of my life and poetry. And that, that was so annoying when, I, when he gets this thing in his head about like poetry and oh, like, and it's God. Like, the, the way yeah. the woman's heart. <laughs> Wait. So, yeah. So, right. Doc Ock tells, or the wife tells him the way to the woman's heart is through poetry. So he goes and gets all, all these poetry books and he starts reading poems and memorizing them and then. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It's like, this, this seriously is a, it's a Peter Parker movie. It's, yeah. yeah. It's terrible. You did not need to remember any poetry to get MJ. All you had to do was say yes. Yeah. I know. She wants you. She, <laughs> she wants you. She wants you to just get in there. Right. <sighs> Once again, Peter Parker overthinks it. Yeah. Right. So like basically here on out, everything is his fault. Everything that happens badly to him is his fault, so especially going, going, in the third movie. Going back to what I was saying, like this is the thing that annoys me about this this version of the character is that he's so he's so mopey. Like I'd rather yeah. I'd rather have him miss on understanding uh, uh, Mary Jane because he's he's so wrapped up in his work, or like he's he's you know. He like because the whole fact that he's like failing out of school, I don't see Peter Parker is doing that. I feel like Peter Parker would be failing out of love and be spending so much time being Spider Man and doing school, right? Not like oh, he's failing out of school and he's missing Mary Jane. It's just more sort of like Mary Jane's like, I'm here, I want you, and he's like, ah, oh, I've got too much going on, I like can't focus on you, which is what he does in the third movie. Yeah, yeah, they they come around to it, but it's just sort right. of yeah. Right, but in this one, basically, because he's Spider-Man, he fails at everything else in his life, which makes him decide to stop being Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, and I think that Stanley has said this is that that's the point of Spider-Man is is you're supposed to like when you think of a superhero, you think of someone who's dialed in. Like you look at like Batman or Superman or something like that. Like they're they're. They've got their whole uh, heroism down to like a perfect act and they balance their life so well. And then you've got on the flip side of this, this character like Spider-Man, who's just sort of like he does like even at, even as a normal person, he wouldn't be able to run his life because he's so scatterbrained and like, <laughs> right. overwhelmed by everything. Now throw on this like act of being a superhero on top of it. like Right. And this and this sort of pathological need to help people out when he, exactly. When he can. Yeah. So I mean, in a sense, it does make it interesting. It's just I think it's just poor execution, right? Uh, so I, I figured out my my perfect uh, Spider-Man 2002 okay. Spider-Man and Mary Jane. All right, give me. Okay, so my my Spider-Man is uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay, I could see that. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I just I've never been a huge fan of the stuff he's been in. I just mean the way the by the the way they they hold themselves and the fact that like, like looks the way they hold themselves and how they act. Okay. I mean I, again I don't think he's like this phenomenal actor but again we're making a comic book movie here. Right. He just needs to look the part and not be like making goofy faces all the time and and then if I wanted to be true to the Mary Jane it would be uh uh Laura Prepon from um that 70s show. Yeah, sort of, sort of fiery redhead who's yeah. like self-confident, and bo- both of them would have, at the time in two thousand two would have been twenty-two. 
So it's like it's very age appropriate and what about so in the third movie Gwen Stacy is played by Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So and she's actually a redhead. Yeah, you you could throw her in there. That's I'd be fine yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny that they yeah, sp- talking about oh, well, <laughs> right. let, let, let's get to that cuz cuz I've got a great thing that annoys me about that later on. Not her, okay. but yeah, anyway. All right. Yeah. So Doc Ock robs a bank that uh, Peter and Aunt May are at and he takes Aunt May sort of hostage up the side of the building, and Peter's got to fight him. But this really is a Peter Parker story. It's so boring to watch. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. so much Aunt May story, and like, oh god, and like him trying to get his like his whole like he he starts losing his self confidence, and then his powers go away, and he's got to like go to a doctor. To uh, the whole thing is just so boring. Yeah. So here's the thing: he goes to a doctor. How does he have health insurance? It's it's through the university. It's the university. Doctor. Oh, all right. I guess. Yeah. So. I, I thought the sa- I, I thought the same <laughs> thing until there was some line that he said some, uh, that made me be like, oh, he's the university doctor. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and so this is and this is the second time in the first movie. Um, Goblin puts Aunt May in the hospital, and in this one, Doc Ock takes Aunt May up on the side of the building. And apparently, I was reading that um, Aunt May. Uh, Rosemary Harris did a lot of her own stunts. I can see that. She's a consummate professional. Yeah, exactly. So after all this, Peter has some vision of uh, of Uncle Ben and then decides to give up being Spider-Man and throws his uh, costume into the garbage in the alley. And then you cut to him like strutting along in the morning to raindrops keep falling on my head. He's so happy to have this burden lifted off him. Now he can concentrate on all these other areas in his life. And it's this really weird scene. So he's strutting along and in the background it looks like he's on some college campus, right? And there's trees in the background and people walking around and then he trips and falls. And then you cut to him on the ground and standing up and there's – and he's on a city street in New York. I'm like, what What just happened? What's going on? A, what's the point of the scene? And B, what? why did we just teleport somewhere else? Do you have any – no. Do you understand I, what's going I, yeah, on here? <laughs> no. It's the, 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 those whole music montages, in the, especially in the second and third one, oh. like they just make no sense. Yeah. Uh, so now Doc Ock goes to Harry for more tritium. And Harry says that uh, he'll give it to him if he gets him Spider-Man, which you know Peter would know where Spider-Man is because Harry doesn't know so, Spider-Man is. Th- at the same time, there's this whole thing about like the arms controlling him. Right. That, yeah, because when that chip, uh, yeah, the, the inhibitor yeah, when, chip or whatever. When the uh, after the accident, when the surgeons were trying to remove the arms from him, the, the arms kind of came alive and and killed everybody. So, and he, I guess he kind of goes crazy because of all that, because the arms are controlling him. But then there's these flashes every once in a while of who he really is, which helps in the end, of course. Yeah. Yeah. There's a scene where Peter saves a kid from a fire without being Spider-Man, and uh, which, which he saves a kid in the first one. Or he saves, yeah, yeah. That, that, there's a lot of like reuse things in these. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, they reused um, Kirsten Dunst's screams from this one in the third one. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah, which is funny because I'm as I'm listening to her screaming, I'm like, that kind of sounds familiar, but then I didn't think anything of it. And then the trivia said that they reused all the screams. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Wonder why. Yeah. 
um, yeah, so he saves this kid from the fire and then he hears some people over saying, oh, there was someone else upstairs that didn't get saved and he, he feels bad about that. And it's like, oh my God, seriously, dude. I know. You can't save everybody. Yeah. And, and if you weren't who you were, then that person would just be dead <laughs> anyway. All, everyone would be dead. Right, right. So then, of course, Doc Ock captures MJ to get Peter to bring Spider-Man to him so he can take him to Harry. And they have the fight on the runaway train. Yeah, I forgot about that train thing. And it's it was such a weird again, here's here's another one of these things where everybody on this train sees his face and they all keep their mouth shut out of like the honor right. of protecting Super or Spider Man. Yeah. And it's like I guess on one hand, nobody knew him. So it's like they wouldn't really recognize him. But on the other hand, I guess his face is they now know his face, so if they see him around, they'll know who he is. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, New York's a big city, so. You're telling me if you weren't sitting there and that happened, you wouldn't take a picture? Uh, oh, nobody had camera phones then in 2004. <laughs> so, somebody had to have a camera. Yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting thing. Well, first of all, New York doesn't have an elevated train anymore, so they shot that in Chicago. Yeah. And, you know, when he's in the front of the train and he's using his webs to stop it, it's very much – this sort of Jesus pose. That, it just goes to a dead end. That's what he's saying. Oh, why, yeah, why, yeah. Why, this why, track just ends. Why would you build that? Like, <laughs> yeah. like this is New York City. It's going to go somewhere. It's like, right. there's no point in just being like, oh, we've reached the water. So we're just right. going to it'll, it'll be at, at least a terminal, right? Some yeah, sort the, of station. The, the, the clustering of people that live in and around New York City, that train could go any direction and it's going to hit a million people. It's like, just, it wouldn't just stop in the middle of nowhere because like, oh, there's no point in building any further than this yeah and then of course as he's trying to stop it he's you know like spraying webs on the buildings to, as they go by and he's just pulling bricks out of buildings and toppling things and you know doing all sorts of destruction on the way which is funny that they finally talk about that in the in the most recent uh spider-man movie about like who who cleans up that mess Mm, right, because it's like the Avengers have to, or the yeah, Shield has to send in people to clean up the mess. Or exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or all right, right. Yeah, because that's where the Vulture comes from. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So Ock takes Spider-Man to to Harry, who unmasks him, but then and he's got him tied up in like barbed wire or something, and he just as soon as he wakes up, he just bursts right out of it because whatever. He, he bursts. This is the funny part: is he bursts right out of it, and then there's a tiny little piece around his neck. Oh, really? And it, yeah, and go watch it again. He he bursts out of it, and I okay, that's fine. I believe it. It's wrapped around tightly. Then there's this loose portion around his neck, and he sort of just lifts his hands up around, it and it just separates. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> like, like he provides nice. no tension to it at all. He just sort of lifts his hand into this tiny little loop around his neck, and it just sort of like oop, it just opens up. Oh, funny. Yeah. So now now is when Harry knows that Peter is Spider Man, and he hates both of them. But he he doesn't also end up telling anybody, which is interesting. Yeah. And even in the in the next movie, when when he tells him like I didn't kill your father, and you know he killed himself, all this kind of stuff, he doesn't believe him, and it just it got so. Why why would you not believe him? What is his motive right. for lying? Right. It's like he's he's supposed to be like a very good friend of yours. Like why yeah. why would he want to hurt your father for no reason? Yeah. Right. So then I guess the whole thing. Oh, so through the whole the movie, Octopus has been stealing money to finance his fusion research or whatever because he wants to use it to take over the world or whatever. And I'm, I guess I, I find it funny that he thinks he can steal these, you know, basically old timey bags of money from banks with the dollar sign on the side of them and then spend that money oh, to yeah. buy equipment yeah. and and supplies. I'm like, what? Who's going to take the money? 
<laughs> well, well, same with the Sandman later. Yeah, they're just right. They, exactly, just, yeah, doesn't make any sense. I never thought no. about that, but you're right. It's it, it's <laughs> what, what, all that's going to be marked. You're never going to be able to. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, traceable and and I it's guess not we, like I he has we, like a money laundering operation or. Well, that, that, I'm sure there might be like black market like uh, science, black market super high tech stuff. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, maybe. Anyway, it's the comics. Yeah. So then. Uh, Octopus takes, of course, captures Mary Jane again, uh, and Spidey saves her, but uh, the nuclear reaction is going out of control. Oh, that's right. He wanted to, like, wipe out everybody in New York or something. Yeah, this is what made no sense to me. It's like, so he's so dead set on building this thing. Why? It's like, your, your wife's dead. Right. Are you it, just making what, everybody what, else suffer? Yeah, it's or? like, what, you think that you think that you're going to build this, and then everyone's going to be like, oh, every horrible thing you've done is now doesn't matter. You've built this great fusion reactor that is going to power the world and it's like we're going to remember you <laughs> yeah. for this positive reason yeah yeah he doesn't really have a logical motive in this one no he has no motive right send it back <laughs> but at the end uh also the name Otto octavius and he's got like a semi-british accent it, it doesn't make any goddamn sense no and that's the thing I think he was not trying to have a semi-British accent. I think he was trying to do an American accent, but he's British and just couldn't do a good American accent. Yeah. No, I, I get you on that didn't one. Didn't in just, this movie. But I just mean yeah. like, shouldn't he be some sort of like German scientist or something? Or uh, ancient Roman? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah. Otto is German, but like Octavius is Latin. I think the character, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know what the character is. Let me look that yeah. up. Yeah. I my first memory of Doc Ock was from a fantastic. I had like one Fantastic Four comic when I was real young, and I read it a bazillion times. And he was taking Mrs. Fantastic prisoner and etc. I don't remember what else happened, but oh, uh, you know, it says he was born in again. This we're talking about a fictional character here. It says that he was born in Schenectady, New York. Right, but his name his name is Otto Gunther Octavius. It's pretty German. Yeah. Again, another one of these where you got to have the same letter for both names. Oh, I know. But I mean, Mary Jane Watson, that doesn't make any sense. That's no, not that that's does, not, that's that's not, Yeah, But she's not a hero. Or a villain, you mean? Oh, or a, a villain, hero or yeah. a villain? Yeah, I guess you're right. She's um, not a super. Reed Richards and... Uh, I'm trying to think of like anything else that's... Wade Wilson. Scott Summers, yeah. Scott Summers. Uh, yeah, Jean Grey is an outlier. Yeah. I feel like it, I think it might only apply to men. It's not universal, but it it's like an unwritten rule that that uh, actually both DC and Marvel. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of the climax, and then in the denouement, we have, like you said earlier, Harry breaks the mirror and finds the secret stash of Goblin equipment, and uh, MJ, who was going to marry the astronaut, skips out on her wedding to go be with Peter. Had to do what I had to do. Mary Jane. Peter, I can't survive without you. You shouldn't be here. I know you think we can't be together. But can't you respect me enough to let me make my own decision? I know there will be risks. I want to face them with you. It's wrong that we should only be half alive, half of ourselves. I love you. So here I am, standing in your doorway. 
have always been standing in your doorway. Isn't it about time somebody saved your life? We'll say something. Thank you, Mary Jane Watson. What I want to know about that secret room in that house is that, like, wouldn't you be like, hey, there's this room here, and then the next room between these rooms is, like, 200 like, feet of, <laughs> of like, hallway. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what's in between that? Like, Now, I can see Harry not noticing that because he's James Franco. He's dumb. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But the butler ought to know. Yeah. <laughs> And actually, the butler does know, right? Because oh, yeah, I know. at the end of the next movie, he knows all about but it. Who's replacing these mirrors? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the butler. Because it pops back up later and it's like fixed. Yep. I don't know. Plus, there's so much stuff in there. Like, when did oh, he Norman just, have time yeah, he was to just make all that stuff? Loading it up with stuff. Yeah. Oh my god. That's what I was saying. Is like you think that some scientist at, at uh, you know the fact or the, the research facility would have been like, okay, where is all this stuff going? <laughs> exactly. Like we keep losing gliders and suits and like and all of our you know these little gadgets bombs. exactly yeah 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 so other notes about this movie they had there was, in the beginning there was a I think there was the pizzeria that Peter was working at that's a real one yeah yelling out right and like I think they gave the real phone number or something but they were saying something about deep dish pizza I'm like. Nope, not New York. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> not happening. Oh, that was uh, yeah. There's there was a bunch of like there's there, I keep forgetting there's like famous people that pop up in these like uh J. Jonah, oh, yeah. J., J. Jonah Jameson's secretary is Elizabeth Banks. Right. Yep. Throughout all three movies, I was kind of surprised yeah. by that. I was like, you think that she would have turned it down at a certain point? Um, then uh, what's her name? The, the 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 woman who he delivers the pizzas to that refuses to accept them. Is, oh yeah, as uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Zoe Deschanel's sister. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah, um, I forget her name. And she's on that TV show Bones. Emily Deschanel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's just like a bunch of people that pop up. That oh yeah, House Sparks and Joel McHale both pop yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is funny because they both hosted Talk Soup. Yeah, oh, I forgot. I forgot about House Spark. Yeah, yeah. Those those were some of the better bits and scenes. Is those sort of like off moment things where he's like interacting with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only other trivia I wrote down was that Willem Dafoe was not supposed to be in this movie. Uh, he does appear in like in a mirror scene, but he was walking back to his apartment one night and saw the cast and crew filming nearby, and he stopped by to say hello, and they put him in. Oh, that's so funny. I wonder, I wonder <laughs> what the what the cost of that was. Oh yeah, right. They're like, okay, well, you now owe him like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. They're like, what? Exactly. <laughs> like, he did one scene. Did like, one scene. Like it's one of those things. Like yeah, they they uh, he goes and shows up and does it, and then then his agent gets to negotiate the price afterwards. Right. Yeah. Sag sag rate. Yeah. Plus whatever. <laughs> sag rate times a thousand. Exactly. This guy was Jesus. Yeah. All right. So I uh, I dropped this one down just one though to a seven. Ah, uh, see, uh, I, I did the I, si- yeah. Go ahead. I I enjoyed it. I even given all the sort of mopey Toby Maguire, Peter Parker stuff, I still had a good time with it. I thought the Doc Ock stuff was fun. So I I still enjoyed this movie. I I had planned on dropping it down. I don't know if I will anymore. I think I'll I'll take it. I'll leave it at a seven. I was going to say okay. six before, but I'll I'll say that it's. 
like I said, thinking back in the time, I probably would have, like, if it was 2002 or even 2004 when this was, I would have probably put the first movie at, like, an 8 and this at a 7. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm just going to wrap them all up in a 7, the first two. Okay. What do you think uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with my original guess from before of 78. It went up. Are you a kidding? Ninety three percent. Like okay. I said, so the critics love the Mopey Parker. Now, what what do you think these would get if they released them now? Like, e- even if they modernized the graphics and everything, and oh yeah, given given all the other stuff that's come by, yeah, I mean, no, na- na- now now they are yeah. making like respectable comic book movies that like right are actually getting modern scores of like eighties and nineties and stuff. What what is like these movies going to get? Now I'd have to say if I if I had to put it in now see that's the problem is I was thinking about it back then if I had to put it in now the the first movie would have probably gotten like a seventy two and then this movie would have gotten like a like a sixty one or something yeah because the the modern movies have figured out the formula of like humor to to pathos ratio yeah, yeah. And then it's just like it's it's better storytelling better dialogue there's there's more forethought into like how things will play out in this movie and possibly future movies. Right. It's not just a, a you know, it, I feel like, I feel like these movies were written by people. I'd have to check, but, uh, but I feel like they were written by people who maybe had like their heyday in the nineties. Yeah. And you know, it's like, Oh, we finally get a chance to do a Spider-Man movie. Well, I'm going to give it to you who wrote this, like these five great movies in like 1992, 1994. It's like, cause it seems it, these movies, like the depth in their storytelling is very nineties. Yeah. So the writer of the first one, David Kep did, he's famous for Jurassic Park, Mission Impossible, Stir of Echoes, uh, The Mummy. Oh, the uh. 2017, 2017 mummy. Oh, uh, um, oh, he did Ghost Protocol. Um, oh no, he was just characters for that one. Yeah, so yeah, he was a '90s guy. Yeah, Toy Soldiers. Now that oh, Toy Soldiers that 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 explains everything right there. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That explains it all right there. Yeah, he he got his hit in Toy Soldiers, and he was like, let's make let's just throw Spider Man into that amount of campiness. <laughs> right uh, now, the, Carlito's way the this, paper. The guy who wrote the second, and I think the third one, he's old as dirt, if I remember. Oh yeah, how old's that guy? All right, so Alvin Sargent did the screenplay for two. Okay, and he is. He was born in 1927. Yeah, yeah he's old, man. Even, uh, even in- oh, jeez, yeah. Ordinary people, paper moon. Yeah, I do remember that. I remember being like, I remember looking that up years ago, and I was like, this guy's old. Oh, he wrote. He wrote for Ben Casey. Jesus, what? Uh, what is? What, and he did the third one too, I think. No, but he. Oh, yeah, he did the third one, and he also did the Amazing Spider-Man. That's right. I remember. I remember he was part of. Yeah, because they were supposed to make a fourth one with Sam Raimi, yes. and then I think I think like both sides were kind of like hesitant to like move forward given the negative cri- like criticism or the negative yeah. press and criticism of the third movie. They actually, someone said they were supposed to make. Three more. They were supposed to do six of them with Sam Raimi. Jeez, man. That's yeah. insane. Well, there's no way they could have got Tobey Maguire throughout all of those. I, he was no. done by the third one, man. He didn't want anything to do with that anymore. Especially, yeah, I, fact, I remember reading Kirsten Dunst just was like, get me out of here. <laughs> he uh, he hurt his back on the first one or at some point, And so they almost recast him for the second or third one. And But he came back and did it with a bad back. Hmm. And then he's, then he's running around. Jumping on Seabiscuit. <laughs> Seabiscuit. 
he, he quit just to go make sea biscuit right when did that come out that came out about 2007 didn't it uh sea biscuit is 2003 so between what? one and two i thought it was later than that yeah yeah so they, they they were like, we love this Spider-Man guy so much. Get him in there for Sea Biscuit. <laughs> Get him on a horse, or maybe it was that. Maybe he hurt his back on this on the horse. And I think I think he did hurt his back on the horse. That's why I th- yeah. I think I said that. All right, let's launch. Here into we this go. Here. Spider-Man Three came out in two thousand and seven. Budget two hundred and fifty-eight million. Jeez. And for that time period, 2000, because it's like the, the, there's been plenty of movies after that that didn't cost that much. Like Right. So it was when it came out, I think it was greenlit at $200 million, and then it ballooned up to 258 And from some of the trivia I was reading, it's, it may be with everything involved, uh, you know, all the other consequences and stuff, it may be up to 350 Wow. And if it, if it is, that's the most expensive movie. Um, but the 258, cause there's some, some other superhero movie came in at 300 after this one. What do you think it brought in? <sighs> really bad. Uh, 170. Still made a profit. When, what was it? 336. What? Yeah. Oh man. It must've made that all back on the first weekend because man. <laughs> Once the story got out, there was, yeah. there was no way to sustain that like just shit train that kept going <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's apparently the most expensive non-disney film really yeah what's the most expensive disney film oh i don't know it's gotta be one of the marvel movies oh okay i see what you're saying yeah yeah so imdb says a strange black entity from another world bonds with peter parker and causes inner turmoil as he contends with new villains temptations and revenge i there was That's, there was too many villains in this. It, it, there was like, too many, yeah. And it, we don't even get the Venom thing till like forty five minutes into it. Yeah, and you, you don't <laughs> even know what it is. There's like, yeah. there's like maybe do, like Doctor Connor gives like five minutes of like, oh, I think it's it reminds me of the nineteen seventies meteorites and and oh, yeah, it, and, it, it attacks your anger zones and like, <laughs> right, it enhances your negative emotions or something. I love when he's looking at it in a microscope and he's like, oh, this looks like a symbiote. I'm like, you're a physicist. Yeah. He even what make, do you know about symbiotes? But he, he even makes that line where he was like, he's like, right. I'm a physicist. I'm not a biologist. But to me, it looks like, I was like, okay, like you're done. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, that would, yeah. That, completely different fields. He's going to have no knowledge on that whatsoever. And is, is he a physicist or a biologist in the comics? Do you know? I don't, I don't even remember. Because, again, if he's a physicist, how is he experimenting with growing his arm back? Yeah, you're right. He should, he, you <laughs> You brought up a damn good point right there. <laughs> he, sh- he should be a biologist. He should be a biologist. Yeah. Now I need to see. I need to see that now and see what the hell he was. Right. Check that out. So, Peter Parker comes back doing better this time around. Um, he starts off on a high note. People love him. While well, they love Spider Man, uh, he's doing well in school. There's a scene in the beginning though where he's he's in the the physics lecture and uh, you know he's happy, but like the the people in the class are still picking on them, like throwing stuff at him and stuff I'm like yeah yeah i'm not sure what that was all about but then uh we get introduced to gwen stacy who kind of an- raises her hand and answers the question instead of him and then she kind of turns around and smiles at him and that's all we see of her for like a half an hour yeah and that and that that is close to the comics because she he does meet gwen stacy in college okay and then there's sort of like a and, and if i remember correctly originally they, they wanted Peter Parker in the comics to end up 
with Gwen Stacy, but actually in reality now in modern, he ends up with Mary Jane and gets married to her. Yeah. Yeah. They've, they've retconned the comic a few times yeah. lately, haven't they? They're like, they killed off May, but then they brought her back and. So at some point they got to bring back uncle Ben just for right. some uncle Ben goodness. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. So Gwen Stacy is, uh, as we mentioned before, she's, she's a blonde, uh, but in real life she's a redhead, which, yeah. And then, the, the funny thing about it is they, they later cast uh, 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 in the, what is it, the Amazing Spider-Man or something, Emma Stone. Yeah. As as Gwen Stacy. Yep. And then she's she's mostly a redhead, but she's actually a blonde. Oh, really? Yeah, in real life. And then she she dies, she continuously dies at red. Oh, I thought Emma Stone was a redhead in real no, life. No, she's not, yeah. Huh. She's actually a blonde, yeah. There, there are some pictures of her with blonde hair, but yeah, I've she, seen pictures with blonde hair, but I just thought that was that was the dye. Yeah, it's it's there, there's a lot about her that's really weird. Uh, her actually because her name's Emily, but there yeah. there's already in SAG and Emily Stone. Oh, I think I saw that on uh, like on Graham some talk Norton or something. On, yeah, yeah, Graham Norton. Yeah, yeah. And, and so she had to pick a stage name and just chose Emma, and then yeah, yeah, right. So Gwen Stacy is dating Eddie Brock. Who we'll get to. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, and it's funny because it it becomes this love – I was going to say love square between her yeah, and Eddie yeah. and Peter and MJ. Yeah. But then Harry's sort of involved too. So there's like all five of them in this love pentacle. Yeah. It's really weird. It, it's just yeah. – it, it almost just seems like they were lazy and they were like, oh, well, then he's going to compete with her for this. And oh, and then she's going to say yeah. this to make her jealous. And it's like, like there's no there's no thought into like how these cross over. It's just like convenient for the scene. Like, right. Like, oh, we've got the three of them together. We'll put a little sexual tension in there. Yeah. So, right. Com- compared to the last movie where Peter was not doing well and MJ was succeeding on Broadway. <clears throat> now she's kicked off of her Broadway show and ends up being a singing waitress and all this bad stuff is happening but she doesn't tell peter because he's so happy that the city loves him and then gwen enters the picture and she gets and mj gets jealous of gwen and then she finds a friend in harry and then she breaks up with peter and just all of this stuff is just going on oh and then there's eddie brock so so gwen's dating eddie brock eddie brock is played by topher grace he comes in to be another photographer at the Bugle. Who are you? You hired him last week. Freelance. I did? What's that smell? It's Brock, sir. Edward Brock Jr. Who? Wow, can I just say I really like that shirt? Here. It's a crane accident. Check out the light source. He likes my shirt. Hey, Betty. Hey, Pete. You better get in there. The new guy. He's trying to sell some Spidey photos. Oh. Thanks. Parker! You're late. Maybe too late. Bruckner here. Beach to it. It's Brock, sir. Edward Brock Jr. I got you this. Well, he got me this. Wait, how'd you get that? I didn't see there. How'd you get that high? Climbed. Nearly fell off a flagpole. A flagpole? Which one do we use? I like Bernstein's. It's better. Cheaper, too. Congratulations, son. We'll use your shot. I'll pay you 50 bucks. All right, JJ. I'm your man. I know more about what makes a good picture than any photographer in this town. See, photography, it's not just about, no offense, uh, flagpoles or whatever. It's about lighting, composition, drama. I want a staff job, sir. I have a girl that I intend to marry, and uh, I guess, I don't know, I have this stupid little dream of working with one of the greatest newspaper editors of our time, J. Jonah Jameson. Well, we do have an opening. 
Johnson quit, remember? You fired him. Whatever. Wait a minute. I know it makes a good picture, and I've been here a long time. If there's a staff job, Mr. Jameson, I think I deserve it. He's right, Jonah. Peter's been with us for years. He's done a great job. You want a staff job, and you want a staff job. Anybody care about what I want? I do. Shut up. Get out. I want the public to see Spider-Man for the two-bit criminal he really is. He's a fake. He's full of stick'em. Catch him in the act. Spider-Man with his hand in a cookie jar. Whoever brings me that photo gets a job. What are you waiting for? Chinese New Year? Go, go, go. I'm on it, boss. And is trying to oust Peter because he doesn't think Peter's stuff is any good. And he's a he's a photographer. He studies where the light comes from. And, you know, he thinks he gets better pictures. But Peter gets better because he's Spider-Man. He gets better close-ups of Spider-Man. It, and it so is, here's the thing. It is kind of funny that <laughs> – it is kind of funny that it, like of all the things okay, – Peter Parker's this genius and he can get a job anywhere – but he's just, he's taking, he's like, oh, I also happen to be a great photographer. Like, it, the whole thing's fucking weird. <laughs> right. That actually does, that makes a really good point. Like, for the 40 years or whatever uh, Spider-Man's been around as a comic, why doesn't he do something with his brains? I mean, I think he thinks it's, there's, well, because again, they, the, uh, most of the comic focuses on, like, either his high school or his, like, college years into his, like, early adulthood. And it's. He's struggling to to be able to like you can't have a full time and this this is the problem they've run into and they did the same thing with like Superman and all that it's like that you can't have a full time job where you expect to clock in and clock out and just be constantly having to run off like you need to put them in this sort of freelance thing or this very loose job that's just sort of like oh you you go be near a bunch of dangerous things that happen and it's a good explanation why you just sort of pop up around. It's true, but if he can invent the webs in his garage, can he invent something else and sell it? Yeah, but then you'd end up with an Iron Man situation all over again. It's just this rich, <laughs> rich billionaires yeah. save it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I you know they want they want to, the characters built to suffer. Is, is the whole point yeah. and struggle, not suffer, but struggle. Uh, yeah. So um, Eddie. So apparently in the com- uh, in the comics, uh, Kurt Connors is a surgeon, so he's like a medical doctor. Uh, okay. All right. Well, I guess that's better than a physicist for yeah. for his purposes. Oh, and uh, Gwen Stacy in this – I don't know if in the comics, but in this movie, she's the daughter of the police chief. Yeah. Played by – Yeah, uh, and that's – I'm What's pretty sure that's that's right because they, 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 okay. they reuse that again also because uh, – what's his name? Um, Dennis Leary plays the Captain Stacy in The Amazing oh, okay. Spider-Man. Yeah. Right. Here it's James Cromwell. <laughs> what an odd casting. Yeah. Like, we need the guy from Babe. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, and then I guess we, we mentioned, mentioned MJ. And so Harry's in this one. He's still in love with MJ, still hates Peter. And he's starting to, to get into this whole New Goblin thing. Um, he doesn't – he's not at to Oscorp that much in this one. He's much more – Staying at home, and making eggs and dancing to making <laughs> eggs. And, oh yeah, the yeah omelets. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking scene was so weird. Yeah, and then adding to all this, we have the Sandman. Yeah, Flint Marco, played by Thomas Hayden Church, and it's basically the uh, Mister Freeze storyline. It is. Yeah, uh, he's he's got a sick daughter, and he wants to. He he's basically his whole life he's been stealing, doing petty thievery to get money to help his daughter we don't know what his daughter's problem is exactly she's got some kind of crutch situation going on um 
She also was on Oxygen. Right. Yeah, right. So who knows? Could be anything. Yeah. Right. And yeah. So whereas this is where when you were saying how some of these uh, actors come across as stiff and wooden in this movie, this this is big. Oh, like, with Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden Church, and I like him in other stuff. This one was just you didn't didn't need it. He also had really chap lips in this. Oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah, they kept doing <laughs> close-ups on him, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like his lips are all well, red and raw. Like sand is pretty dry. Yeah. <laughs> they just kept blasting him with dry sand. Yeah, right. So that's how, his origin is that he's running away from the cops one night, and he climbs a fence and goes into this like sand pit. He falls into this sand pit where they're another one of these big science things is is doing a test and we don't know what the test is they say demolecularization donnie we got a little fluctuation on one there's a change in the silicon mass yeah, it's probably a bird it'll fly away when we fire it up initiating demolecularization and this whole thing starts up spinning and he can't get out of it and his i guess his molecules are fused with the sand molecules right yeah okay fine i'll buy that in a superhero movie yeah of course why Why did the little locket with his daughter's picture in it stay? Why did his clothes become – I don't – I don't know. Oh, the clothes yeah, – well, right. Either everything gets demolecularized or, or only he does or I don't know. That's whatever. what I'm saying. It's like if they do the clothes, they should do the locket or you do, exactly. or you yeah, do yeah. no clothes, no locket and just DNA. <laughs> right. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Nope. Uh, yeah. And so, oh, and so then we have the, the venom thing. So as we were saying earlier, instead of – the, the venom spore coming in on a space shuttle. Um, Peter Peter and MJ are just lying in a in a web watching the moon or watching the meteor shower. And I guess one of the meteors hits the ground nearby. You know that scene reminded me of – it seemed like such a rip from the uh, second Men in Black. Oh, God. I hardly remember that one. When uh, that, that female alien lands in, in the park, like – just go watch Men in Black 2, the entire thing. Okay. No, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> then tell me. <laughs> not until we're doing a podcast about it. <laughs> Shit, there is three movies to that. You're right. Um, yep. And they're, they're making a reboot of it or something. Yeah. All right. So so the meteor lands and uh, the little black goo comes off of it and hops up on the back of uh, Peter's moped as they're driving off. And then we don't see it for a while. And so we, we have to keep dancing around between like – one, two, three, four, five, six, six-ish storylines. Okay, it's it's crazy <laughs> this movie. Like, cause you'll 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 uh, you'll be going along for a while, and then you'll see a character like, oh, gee, I haven't seen seen them in a half an hour. For I know it, it, it <laughs> does jump, going on with it them. Jumps around a lot, yeah. and it's really hard to follow the storylines. And they're 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 all poor like explanations of the storylines. Right. Harry attacks Peter with the with the new goblin stuff at one point, and uh, it. Here's a, I I will have to say for this movie, the fight scenes are still pretty good, you know, especially the ones where where Peter's zipping around, you know, buildings and stuff like that. The tension is high when he's up in the air and and doing all his acrobatics. That that sand when uh, when he turns into sand, that actually looked pretty good. The well, the first time when he like the first time it, when his face melts away into the sand. Yeah. Oh, yeah, hey, yeah. you just reminded me that fucking thing with the, the police officers looking for him and they chase after him and they turn around yeah, the truck yeah, yeah. and then it's like, oh, he's gone. And there's like there just happens to be an enormous fucking truck of sand like on the New York streets. Yep. It that was so convenient. <laughs> it makes no sense. No. Yeah. So in the in the fight with Peter, Harry ends up falling and hitting his head and, and getting amnesia. So for the next 
I don't know, half hour, an hour of this movie. This is a two and a two and a half hour, two and hour, 40 minute movie. It's so goddamn long. Harry, is, he forgets everything about hating Peter. In fact, he forgets everything. He forgets his father's even dead, you know? Yeah. Um, he forgets everything. He he's just to go he's to work. So happy go lucky, just sort of like, oh, yeah. my, my friends, you've come to see me. I love you. Hey, buddy. Hey. Hit my head. Yeah. Doctor said I was in an accident. Hit and run. I don't remember much of anything. My father. He died, right? This is all so weird. Hi. I got here as fast as I could. I know that face. How you doing? I don't know. Last thing I remember, I was fine. Somewhere. You're still fine. We love you, Harry. It feels like... somehow I've been gone for a really long time. And now I'm back home. It's good to have you back. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to ask you guys to scoot, okay? Okay. All right, thank you. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, great. Yeah. When, and for some reason, when MJ leaves, or she like kisses him and then leaves, and he takes a swig of whiskey, that brings everything rushing back. Yeah. So I'm not sure what what was going on there, unless there's unless the mirror is magic. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so because they've broken it once and then it came back. <laughs> right. Well, maybe it re- reformed itself. Uh, it's magic. Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. No. <laughs> uh, Peter stops Sandman from robbing an armored car. And uh, it's fine, but I thought it was amusing what, when he comes out of it, he's got to dump sand out of all of his clothes. Yeah, that was pretty good. Oh, and then there's a whole bunch of stuff about Peter wanting to marry – ask MJ to marry him. Oh, my God. That that scene – and then here's the other Bruce Campbell uh, cameo yeah, oh, as the, yeah, as yeah. the uh, French maitre d'. So first he goes to Aunt May and talks to her about it. She gives him her engagement ring. Then he plans a special night at the French restaurant. The Mater D, like, first of all, he's really snooty, but then he's like really into it. He's like, oh, you want to get, you want to ask him to marry? Yeah, I'm all in. Let's do this, right? Which is weird because he's been an, uh, an obstacle in the first two movies, sort of. Now now he's a, a helper. Yeah. Sort of. It, sort of. Um, yeah, she comes in. She's feeling sad because she got fired from her play and Peter's doing great. And then when they gave him the key to the city, he kissed Gwen Stacy hanging upside down and that upset her. And it's like, Okay, Peter, you are the most blind, stupid guy. You're terrible at relationships. You're blind as to what she's going through. I can't believe you're you're doing all this. It's really bad. Yeah. Any anytime he's going to set something up like that, it's just not going to go in his favor. That's just sort of no. He just stumbles into poor luck always. Yeah. Uh, and when Gwen Stacy shows up at the restaurant just because she happened to be there, which oh I know oh we forgot about worse. the we forgot about the uh, the kiss the upside down the second upside yeah. down kiss <laughs> right yeah and, and MJ's super upset about it because like that's our kiss yeah it's why would you do that he's an idiot yeah like he is an idiot he's so, yeah. he's it's he's so stupidly in love with Mary Jane and he then like like oh like and she it's not even like Gwen Stacy was going wanted to kiss him like that he offered. Well, it was like the uh, the 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 MC of the thing, or yeah, the, the yeah. city official was like, "Hey, give her a kiss," you yeah. know. And he, and but he was, like, yeah, sure. And then he was like, "Hanging around, he's like, yeah, come on, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm upside down right now." 
stupid. That right. was our kiss. It was so cheesy and it, right. She pulls the mask up just the same way, halfway up his face. Yeah. And like she's she could have just exposed him right there in front of she everybody. She could have exposed him, but at the same time, <laughs> that amount of face is someone could figure out who it is by like. Well, now it would have been a simple matter of a software yeah. facial recognition. <laughs> like, who is it? We're just going to scan the streets of New York City until we find him. Yeah. And then we have the terrible bit of retconning where Flint Marco is now the guy who killed yeah. Ben. Yeah. Oh, you can't do that. That's that's no. bad. And it, that, that was the thing that pissed me off about that character is that they they make – like, he's such a terrible villain in the sense that, like – He's doing everything for the right reason, and Peter still hates him anyway, even though Peter doesn't really fully understand what happened. But then it's just sort of like, at the end, it just fizzles out. It's just sort of like, right. every, like every terrible thing he's done, oh, it doesn't matter anymore. He was doing it for his daughter, and it turns out he didn't actually. Like, he still attacked several people and robbed all these banks. It's like... Right. The, the thing with the, uh, with the crane... Yeah. That was him, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. He like destroyed several buildings and probably killed several hundred people. And exactly. Like, oh, I, I forgive you. Go away in your little sandstorm. Yeah. Come on. How, how about how about when Peter tells Aunt May that Spider Man killed Flint Marco? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Aunt May is some sort of fucking expert on Spider Man, where she was like, <laughs> "Oh, he did that. Oh, I wouldn't think that he'd do that. Like, how do you know who or what he is?" He seems like yeah. a, he seems like a remarkable. I couldn't tell whether or not she knew, right? Like, and it was like some stupid thing that they were just talking in code all this time. Yeah, it's it's possible that she knows and is not letting on. She she knew she knew what was really going on in that room when he was stumbling around naked. And- <laughs> well, I mean, he's not good at hiding things. So I'm sure she found the costume at some point i know he keeps it in like a suitcase under his bed right or or just like in his closet sometimes like if you just went into his closet and oh you're oh tell- yeah it was just hanging there yeah, yeah. you're telling me aunt may didn't <laughs> come over sometime and just like oh well, i'll put i'll put this jacket in your closet and just open it right. up <laughs> yeah oh boy all right and then we got to go back to venom oh yeah because oh, that happens and Eddie so, Brock so, and yeah oh. right so venom uh in you know Gets onto this Peter, although I can't tell. At some point, it's sometimes it's on this suit and sometimes it's on him, and I don't know exactly yeah, which. Is which. Yeah. Does it create the black suit? Uh, it creates it, the black suit. Yeah, it creates the black suit. Okay, yeah. so that causes him to do to be more violent and do violent things and to have an emo haircut. And so he feels good because he's using his powers and he's f- feeling very strong and, and effective and things like that. But he's also being bad. He's being nasty to people and yelling at people and yells at his landlord and MJ and all this kind of stuff. Oh, and MJ breaks up with him because of Harry reasons. And he takes Gwen to MJ's restaurant where she's a singing waitress. Again, another da- sing and dance number. Like she, there was one in the beginning where she was singing on her Broadway thing and that took way too long and it was boring. And I love that's how – I love how the guy who owns that restaurant takes down a sign that says, help wanted singer slash waitress. (laughs) Right. How many fucking people are you going to find to do that? I don't know. There's that Max's Opera Cafe. They're all over the place. Oh, are they? So Peter takes uh, Gwen in there to make – essentially make MJ jealous. And as she's about to start singing, he jumps up. Place like I don't know what he did with the piano player because the piano player is not there. Peter's playing something on the piano, and then he does this dance number all around the room, and then he grabs Gwen and does a little dance with her. And then afterward, when he's being asked to leave, rightly so, because he's bothering MJ, he starts fighting with the bouncers, and then she comes over and he hits her. See, 
you, you jump the fact that Gwen Stacy comes up and realizes that she's just being used to make Mary Jane feel bad. And so she goes up and she's like, I'm so sorry. And she runs off to Mary Jane. So she's hyper aware of that situation. But then she, Gwen Stacy shows up in the middle of their date at this French restaurant and, <laughs> and is like talking about how great he is, putting her hand on Peter and like, you're like, you're not sorry for that, like, for this overly flirtatious, like, behavior in front of her, like, but, but you're upset that, like, oh, I, like, he used me to make you angry on a date. Yeah, that's, that's not very uh, socially observant of her. No, it's not. Now, granted, it could show her character growth, like, she didn't realize it before, but then she does realize it later on. The, no, that's no character growth. <laughs> that's, that's just <laughs> sloppy writing. Yeah, so eventually Peter figures out that he doesn't want the uh, – I guess it's after he hits MJ that he wants to get rid of the, the Venom thing. Yeah. And he goes up to the bell tower of the church and as he's trying to pull it off and fighting with it, he hits the bell accidentally and the, the high-frequency sounds are what allow him to pull it off, right? That's yep, his weakness. Yep, yep. Uh, and it sonic falls down. Vibrations, yeah. Sonic vibrations. It falls down and lands on Eddie Brock, who just happened to be there praying for Peter's death. I, and I love that setup when when Peter Parker like throws him against the wall, and he's like, oh, "Parker, you are such a boy scout. When are you gonna give a guy a break? You want forgiveness? Get religion. What's going on here? Are you guys all right? And that's why he goes to a church. Oh, funny. That's funny. I never noticed <laughs> that until that. this watch through. When I when I was nice. uh, because I'm sitting here like trying to dissect this dialogue, and and then I was like, that's a very odd thing for him to say, like the go find religion thing. And then I was like, oh wait, he pops up at a church later. <laughs> yeah, and Eddie Brock. Did, did you any of the stuff you read in Spider Man involve Venom? Yeah, yeah, like a little f- bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what's the Brock character in there? Is he another photographer? He he kind of yeah he is, but he's he's more sort of a jock. And so he's he's a he's a, supposed to be a big dude, like, okay. And he's kind of he's kind of like a muscle meathead kind of guy. All right, so more like a Tom Hardy. More like a Tom, yeah, that would have been yeah exactly. That, that, and Tom Hardy is a much more appropriate casting of Eddie Brock uh-huh. than interesting because I thought I mean I thought Topher did a pretty good job for the terrible written terribly written character that he had, uh, but yeah, as if he's supposed to be a big meaty guy, then that's not him. Yeah. So in the end, uh, Venom and Sandman team up to kill Peter by capturing MJ and holding her up at the top of the skyscraper with a bunch of webs. Uh, Peter goes to Harry for help, but uh, he gets denied because Harry still hates him. And then that's this is where you were uh, where you're talking about um, the butler comes in. It's like, hey, if I may, sir, I've seen things in this house I've never spoken of. What are you trying to tell me? The night your father died, I I cleaned his wound. The blade that pierced his body came from his glider. I, I know you're trying to defend your father's honor, but there's no question that he died by his own hand. I loved your father. As I have loved you, Harry. As your friends love you. By the way, your dad actually did kill himself. <laughs> I know. It's just it's so terrible that the that they would 
they would wait to this late in the movie to like because like the, before that this this butler only has one scene in, in this this movie particularly where there it's sort of james franco's getting mary jane to come over and he tells the yeah. butler oh go get some food and the butler's sort of like a idiot he's like a dunce he's like oh is someone coming over like oh you, you yeah want, oh, you want food like okay i'll go get you food <laughs> But otherwise, I thought he had some pretty sarcastic comments. I thought the butler was pretty good. Otherwise, other than that food line, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought he, he was—he was like the weird sarcastic Alfred, you know. Yeah, but then, like I said, they, like they don't establish some sort of trust relationship. Like you could have done it to where he's trying to like protect him from the like the. And I, I see that's that's essentially what they're going for. They just don't explain it very well. That like the butler's right. trying to protect him from like. You know, seeing his father as this terrible human being, but but now it's how much shit is going on that this butler like has to know that that Harry's parading around the city in his father's old costume, like wreaking havoc. Yeah, well, I guess if you think about it, he's only really creating problems for Spider-Man. That's why it's kind yeah, of he's kind not of really it's, like uh... yeah, it's kind of a weird villain because he's not he's not attacking anyone else other than Spider-Man. No, it's pure revenge. Yeah, M- misguided revenge too. So, of course, Harry shows up to help Spider-Man and they do a pretty, you know, they do a fun sort of team up and, and stuff like that. Again, I thought the fight scenes worked pretty well, especially yeah, between no, them yeah. and and, uh, and Venom. The Sandman, again, the graphics really didn't hold up at this part of the movie. And there was not a lot of, I don't understand what the physics of Sandman are. Like, if he's sand, how can you hurt him at all? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So that just didn't make any sense. And I, I don't know why. So, oh, and earlier when when uh, he fought him, uh, Spider-Man fought Sandman, and he like opens that whole uh, water drain, water main onto him. Yep. And washes him away. I'm like, okay, well, that's t- a temporary, you know. <laughs> I know. Sure, he'll be back. <laughs> yeah. But then I'm like, Peter just opened, and this thing here was like a 20 foot diameter water main, like with a lot of water, like somewhere, like a whole city grid has lost water. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? That's a good point. So they finally get to – well, they, they blow up the Sandman with a bomb, with some bombs uh, until later. And then while he's down, Spidey and New Goblin fight the Venom and they, they get him with the – they figure out the noise thing. And they, they, have, they set him up all these pipes around him and bang the pipes until the – they can pull Eddie Brock out. But then Eddie's so addicted to the thing that he jumps back in when the – after they throw the bomb in and yeah, blow it up. Again, it's one of these things where there's so many weird, needless deaths. Mm-hmm. It's like, did Eddie Brock really need to die? No, but they – I guess they uh, they wanted to play the character as if he was like addicted to drugs. Yeah. So that he was never, never going to give it up. So I don't know. But they could have like had him live and just be like forever in search of that high again or something. Brock, I mean, obviously they're making the Venom movie now, but it's like he goes on to become an anti-hero. Right. I'm curious to see how that one how, – because in, in the comics, Venom is a pure villain, right? Yes and no. Like I said, he does evolve into becoming an anti-hero. But it's it, – from okay. for, yeah, for the, the a large portion of the, the story, he is just a, a, a villain. Mm-hmm. But he's also a villain that, that will sometimes team up with like i said in an anti-hero in some sense but also what even lex luther would do this sometimes which is like team up against someone bigger and badder than them temporarily so it's not like he's like completely deranged he knows like what like what's a threat and how to like work around it yeah so that's about it Uh, oh so after the same man reforms and 
has a little conversation with Peter. I didn't want this. But I had no choice. We always have a choice. You had a choice when you killed my uncle. My daughter was dying. I needed money. I was scared. I told your uncle all I wanted was the car. What is it? I need your car. He said to me, why don't you just put down the gun and go home? I realize now he was just trying to help me. I saw my partner running over with the cash and the gun was in my hand. I did a terrible thing to you. I spent a lot of nights wishing I could take it back. I'm not asking you to forgive me. I just want you to understand. I've done terrible things too. The only thing left of me now is my daughter. I forgive you. And he goes away. And then, and then uh, Franco dies. Oh yeah, right. He because he got stabbed by again. He got stabbed by his own yeah. hoverboard, just like his dad. I know. This time Venom was doing it. Uh, oh, and, now, and, now he believes it can happen because it happened to him. Now, oh right, yeah. yeah. And they forgive each other and blah 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 blah. Uh, yeah, that uh, and that was like two hours and forty minutes. Yeah, it was crazy. No, no, what the us talking about it or the movie? No, the movie. Movie's only like two twenty. Oh, was two twenty. It was like two eighteen or something. That's that's part of my problem with it is that it's like you're trying to shoehorn oh, yeah, in three villains and it's, yeah. it's super short for right. that. It's like it's like, but it felt long. It did. It really <laughs> does. Yeah, these movies needed just way more J. Jonah Jameson. Let's. Well, let's let's we'll get into how to fix this. So let's uh, well, yeah, we'll go. Well, speaking of yeah. J. Jonah Jameson, in this one they have the scene, a couple of scenes with him, and it, now he's got high blood pressure or something, and he's got people yelling at him, and the secretary keeps buzzing him, yeah, you know, like to tell him stuff, and every time she buzzes him, his whole desk shakes. Time to take your pill. Not that one. Not that one. Yep. And I'm like, what's going Like, does she have like an earthquake machine now? Or just is yeah, it just it's, a, it's supposed to be funny that his whole desk is shaking from the that, buzzer? That's Sam Raimi, man. There's sometimes it's just like it's it's stupid things just to make a to get a laugh that have no yeah. bearing on the story or right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's the Jameson stuff was just every single scene was just a pure comic relief moment. Oh, yeah. Him, some of them work better him, than others. Him jumping around in the Spider-Man outfit when he gets it in like the what is it? Second movie or something. Oh, does he put it on? He puts it on and he's like jumping around his office. Oh, I forgot. About and he's that. pretending to like shoot webs everywhere and everyone's like looking in <laughs> like he's crazy. Well, he is crazy. Jeez. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Ted Raimi's in his like assistant in all these movies. Oh, yeah, brother. yeah. Yeah. And he's he's not great. No. Especially in the third one. All right. Uh, what are you giving this one? I get a five. 
Yeah, it's me too. it's bad. It's uh, it's just not fun to watch. It's uh, the the we talked about this earlier on. It's just the acting is so wooden. There's so many odd, weird scenes that and and just the like the the weird dialogue, like the whole pie thing. Like he's yeah. he's tricking he's <laughs> tricking Mary Jane into breaking up with Peter, and then Peter goes and meets with him and. And then Harry's saying that he's the other guy, and and he's and like Peter leaves all sad, and and then the waitress comes over and she's like, "How's your pie?" And he's like, "How's the pie?" So good. It's X. Or did he say he's like he's like it's really good. Said, it's just it's so good. It's so good. It's which I thought. I mean, it, like you said, it was it was like this one brief moment of sort of. A choice of done with the line that wasn't wooden. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That I liked it. Like I was like, oh, he's he's just so happy that he just. But made it feels so out of place from you know? all the other scenes. Like <laughs> it kind of does. Like I said, that, yeah. that when they're making it, they're making the omelets and stuff, and he's just sort of like they're like just sort of staring at each other and like laughing, and then she comes over and they've got like this terrible shot of her feet. Like oh yeah, that was weird because like the the, the twist or something comes yeah. on the radio and they're doing it and it just kind of camera just, just pans tilts to, down tilts to down her feet. feet yeah, no, I was just comes back. I'm like, okay, is this Pulp Fiction or something? And she's got like her feet jammed. Like she's got these like really veiny, weird feet that are jammed into these like pointed shoes, like almost like dance <laughs> shoes. And I was, it's yeah. it seemed like a very Tarantino moment for me. I was like, this is just an excuse to show her feet, but it's like, yeah, like like when when in Pulp Fiction, like uh, what's her name, uh, Uma Thurman. Yeah. Uma Thurman has Uma Thurman. terrible feet. Oh, she, and she shows him in every Quentin Tarantino. Movie. Oh, I know, and that's the thing. It's sort of like, why are you highlighting like her feet if they're just not good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so right, there was all that. There was just too much downtime, too much mopey business, too much Peter just being a jerk to MJ. But if you kind of cut all that stuff out and just string some action scenes together, they were pretty enjoyable, which yeah, is yeah, why yeah. it's at a 5 and not not too much. Oh, later. I know, yeah. There was also there was also some of that weird basketball stuff. Like it, it seemed very much like the room to oh, me. Oh yeah. Like oh, oh. they're like they're like fi- like there's no reason why they're like tossing a basketball to each other like in a scene. Got you a little homecoming present. It's your old ball. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Hey, we were pretty good in the backyard, weren't we? We were terrible, and we tried out for the varsity team. <laughs> for the cheerleaders. Right. Hey, do I have any girlfriends? I don't know. You don't. Hey, Bernard, do I have any girlfriends? Not that I know of, sir. Talking about like, oh, let's go in right. the kitchen and, and get some like food and watch the game. It's just sort of like. Yeah, they're playing the game. They're bouncing this basketball around in the middle of all these priceless art objects, I'm yeah. sure, in the mansion that he's living in. And, for, and they're also referencing something that we never saw before. Like they used to play basketball all the time. We've never seen this. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It was never mentioned in anything else. And it's so funny because in that scene, they talk about like, oh, like, you know, remember we tried out for the basketball team to get girls. And then you look, go back and watch the first movie and you're like, I don't really get a sense that they're that close. Of friends no. in the first movie, but then in the second, and well, third, yeah, they are. They are, but it's like in the second. I, I get a sense that like they're they're starting to become kind of friends in the first movie. Well, you know, the, I think his father likes him more than he does. Yeah, maybe. exactly. Yeah. yeah, Norman's like, oh, Peter, you're you're like a son to me. Then whatever. all of a sudden, they become like these like old inseparable friends that like I don't know. It was just it really seemed weird to me that 
like that it was almost like a retcon of the first movie where you're like because like i said he he's not because franco keeps talking about like oh all the times i had to defend you he doesn't really defend him in the first movie from like these bullets no yeah well that's yeah they keep referring to stuff that never happened and i just realized at the end of the first movie doesn't like harry say something about oh i've got an apartment all set up for us peter and they were going to room together yeah and that never happened no they do they do they uh they room together uh, do they yeah that the whole dinner scene that's their apartment oh that's their apartment wasn't so he doesn't get the shitty apartment till the third movie he, no he's he, in the they, second one no he's in, in the second movie. oh we didn't yeah. even talk about that i felt so sorry for that one girl oh yeah the landlord's daughter yeah she's so sweet yeah. and so nice and like he just right. will not give her the time of day Right, and she's not even like she's not even jealous. She's always like, "Oh, you should go call Mary Jane. She's so great," and yeah. like making him cookies and stuff like that. And like, and here he is, just this asshole. Like, even the times where he's not an asshole, he's still an asshole to her. Yeah, totally. And then, and then it's kind of funny that they the her father, the landlord, like you, the, your first impression of him is that he's this dick. He's that he's just like this dick who like is always ragging on Peter. And then you come to find out, like uh, he he actually likes Peter. And he's, you know, he seems like he cuts him a break every so often. Yeah, but he only he only t- does that turn after Peter slash Venom yells at him. I know. He's <laughs> well. It's like once yeah. once he sees a spine, then he has respect for him. Yeah. No, I know. He still doesn't fix the door. He doesn't. And then he's so worried that the the, the payphone's broken. Is there something wrong with the phone? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, the fact that it's a yeah. fucking payphone, right? I guess I guess that's just how New York uh, New York apartments are. Just oh, I know, yeah. That's that's like the uh, well. That's the funny thing about Marvel versus DCs, right? In 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 Marvel, you have real cities. Yeah, and yeah. New York is very much a character in the Spider Man. That's true. Universe. Yeah. Uh, so it's got to like he's got to be <clears throat> in the shitty apartment with the shitty landlord, with the you know the shitty job and the going through the streets and all that kind of stuff. Which is kind of funny in Spider Man Homecoming when he's out in the countryside trying to chase somebody down and there's no buildings. He can't like he just has to run. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that so obviously Stan Lee, I think like in the '60s was making all this stuff. He was living in New York City, uh, but then when you look at like starting the trend for the other one is like Superman. Who uh, you know that those two friends they, they grew up in Cleveland, so you're, you're not gonna make you're not gonna make a superhero like based out of Cleveland, and they don't they don't know anything about really about New York, and so it's like it, it, I think they, they oh they, DC was in Cleveland, huh? Well, okay. no, 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 no. The, the the two the the two friends that the Joel Schuster and and I, oh. and what's his name I can't remember the other guy they right. uh, the the guys that created they grew up together in Cleveland. Okay. And I think that at some point they went, they lived in New York and went to New York. But the the, the kind of story is that they they wanted it to be a character that that everyone could identify with, and not just someone who oh I only know New York. So they just created like a fictional metropolis. Yeah, and that's fine, and it makes sense for for that character. But it just means. But, that I, but I know what I'm saying it, is like, the I, city doesn't seem as real. That's what I'm saying is I know what you mean. Yeah. Where that with like yeah. Peter Parker is like inherently tied to like New York City, right? All right. Uh, yeah. So IMDb gives it a 6.2. Okay. Uh, if I had to guess Rotten Tomatoes, I would say 48%. This is not your day. Really? 63. Oh, uh, jeez. Yeah. I thought they would have – because it got a lot of negative press. I thought maybe it really got shit on. Yeah. 
Right. So how do we fix this? <sighs> One's not terrible. Two, I I really think they 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 could have made a better villain out of Doc Ock. They could have. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was pretty good, but they could have. Yeah, it could have been better. I, I just mean his story. This this yeah. whole oh there, true there, there's, yeah. there's no motivation for his yeah. story no uh, and, and and make it way less about Peter Parker and make it more about like Spider Man Peter Parker problems not just Peter Parker problems get rid of this whole right. the, the the love triangle thing worked in the first film and it was fine but right. but then there's there's really no reason to keep it going it just keeps building yeah and it's just it's yeah. it's terrible to witness that oh and yeah so all of the all of the villains. Except – no, all of the villains uh, – well, except Flint Marco are basically out to get Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Huh. Hey, when the common denominator is you, Peter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's the, who's the <laughs> asshole here? Uh, yeah. I think in the third one, just get rid of Sandman. Well, yeah. A, get rid of Sandman or B and or B, break the thing up into two or three movies. Bring the, you know, I take it back. Don't get rid of Sandman. Get rid of fucking – uh, the friend? No, the friend. Oh, get ri- get rid of uh, Harry Osborne. Oh, yeah, you could right. Nobody needs to see uh, that. And then yeah, you, I didn't. I didn't need to see. I mean, if you want to have him like hate Peter and then come around, do that in the second movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in the third movie, yeah. Why, why do they wait to the third movie to no, do that? Uh, just stretch that out way yeah, too long. He should, okay, that that element should have moved to the second film. And then yeah. that's resolved. He either lives or dies. It is what it is. Uh, right. And then in the third one, you just got Sandman and and uh, Venom. And then just have yeah. then have Sandman turn around and help him. If you're gonna do, if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna do that turn, at least mm-hmm. at least have it have a like a purpose and not just like after the fight's over and there's no reason why he just turns to like, oh well, yeah. I'm sorry, I lost my mind there and I'm I'm right. better now. Like, well, maybe maybe you know during the fight. It turns out he figures out who Peter is and he feels guilty about killing his uncle. Yeah. You know, there you go. If you're going to keep that. And uh, Peter finds a way to like get his da- daughter medical treatments or something through. Sure. Like, through Dr. Connors. Through Dr. Connors or something. Oh, Connors is doing some. Yeah. Put Connors back to being a, like a doctor. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like and then he's got some medical program that's going to, you know, that they can put her in test trials of something. And, right, and, uh, and if you give yourself up, yeah. we'll put her into the program. Exactly, and so then he's like, "Well, he's like, you know, I'll help you one last time," and then he helps, and there you go, and they get rid of yeah. Venom. It's Sandman and Spider Man versus Venom. Yeah. All right, we just fixed the movie. Uh, tell Done. tell uh, Sony to send us a check for. <laughs> yeah, for just just one of the ten, hundreds of millions of dollars you spent on this thing. <laughs> yeah, can, can I just have like? a tenth of the budget like what like not even that Can i have like one one hundredth of the budget yeah because with with after effects these days what we can do yeah i know yeah just just uh we'll, we'll do it just throw sand at things <laughs> right i was reading that um when all the the animators were trying to figure out how to animate all the sand for sandman yeah they did a lot of experiments like that they would like get stunt people and actors and like throw a bunch of sand at them to see how it would hit them and react and all this kind of stuff so they could model it that's gotta be really hard to do sand's fucking crazy to work with i'm yeah. sure for yeah. for like uh, visual effects like that like individual mm-hmm. small little elements like that it's so hard to make that stuff look real yeah and this was like what was it 2002 through 2007 this was happening so it was, it's after the matrix it's after the mummy yeah 
or after the first couple mummies. Um, so this is really when it, the CGI is starting to come come in mainline. It, it's after that terrible uh, Matrix uh, multiple Smith fights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, they're so bad. That whole scene. Well, the only thing good about that scene was the music. It just becomes comical where he's just like spinning around in circles, like knocking back hundreds of them. Right. Like you could have just done where he fights like 30 of them and it, it <laughs> looked good. Yeah. But no, they, ha- and his, they had to go to hundreds of them. Like, right. And if Smith can multiply himself like that, why doesn't he do that other places and other times? Yeah, I know. Or, or is it only because he, he got destroyed in the first one and now he has that power? Oh, wow, that's, that's another uh, yeah. trilogy we'll have to get to. Oh, boy. Here it is right now. Ten, one, one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Anything else? No, that's it. Okay. Well, thank you all for joining us on this episode. For more podcasts like this, check out neozaz.com. And you can find us at Sequel Harder on Facebook and Twitter. And our email is sequelharder at gmail.com. Let us know how you would rate these movies. Let us know who you thought should be cast in these movies. And with that, we will see you next time.